0: Episode 91 of the My Fancy Zamboni podcast. Um, we are not joined again by a full roster, but we hold out high hopes that the, uh, the last remaining member who's not here uh, may join us later on. So uh, we wait with bated breath, just like everybody else. Uh, but we are joined by, firstly, Mr. David Grant. Dave, how are we doing?
1: Not bad, uh, Joe. Uh, how are you?
0: I'm not too bad, mate. I'm not too bad. Um, yeah, I'm happy we got varsity tickets. Thank you very much, sir. Yes. Um, that, that is the highlight to look forward to now. Um, we're a couple of weeks away from Belfast. So.
1: Some good hockey on the horizon.
0: Exactly that. Exactly that. If only uh, we were able to play in the Connie Cup final, but we'll come round to that later on.
1: Maybe not a bad thing. Um, yeah. Not for the Steelers, but for our own health, shall we say. Uh, health and finance. Yes. We are also, of course,
0: joined by, after his week away uh, for a gig that was quite clearly more important than the podcast, we're joined by uh, the toothless wonder that is Mr. Gareth Dunn. Gref,
2: nice to see you
3: back. It's good to be back. I mean, the gig was postponed four times, so I'm glad I finally got that out of the way. It was a good gig, then. It was a good gig, (laughs) finally. It was wonderful. also, I got to listen to y- yourselves and not get cringe worthy at my own voice because I was on the podcast, so it was great. How are yeah, you doing, Joe?
0: I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. I-, I do have to highlight the comment that you made before we started recording, which was it's the only time I'll ever be compared to Nikita Kucherov, which I just. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm good. You were um, you were back in
4: Sheffield this weekend, so. Uh... We we'll get a good beating on NHL, um, as always. As
0: always, we'll get a watch from Brooklyn Nine Nine. All the shows are available, and uh, yeah, no, it should be a, it should be a good weekend, mate. Uh, that of course does mean that for the time being, Mr. Andy Stafford is on the injured reserve. Uh, like I say, we don't know if he's going to appear. We might have another a while. Andy Stafford has appeared, uh, as I say, we have no idea too. So we wait with the bait of breath on that one. But we'll jump straight into the hockey. Um, Saturday, the 26th, the Dundee Stars lost out 5-0 at home to the Guildford Flames. Uh, the Steelers beat the Panthers on the road 7-3. The Coventry Blaze lost out 3-2 in Coventry to the Giants. Cardiff Devils beat the Manchester Storm 7-1 in Cardiff. And the Fife Flyers lost out 5-4 in overtime at home against the Glasgow Clan. Uh, Sunday, the 27th, the Steelers beat the Blaze in Sheffield 5-3. The Glasgow Clan beat the Devils 6-3 in Glasgow. Thank you, Glasgow. The Belfast Giants beat the Storms 6-3 in Belfast. Um, Guildford lost out 3-1 at home to the Panthers. And the Flyers
4: lost out 4-1 at home to the Stars. Uh, and then just on to the Wednesday
0: just gone on, which if you're a Steelers fan, is another Wednesday to forget. Um, Coventry Blaze beat the Panthers 5-0 in Coventry. And the five Flyers took a home win against the Steelers 5-3. Just it straight
1: over to you, guys, uh, Highlights. My highlight is north of the border in Glasgow. Um, in Glasgow Cardiff, we all expected it to be a, a bit of a walk away for the Devils. Um, but when we all heard the first period score, it was like the other way around. Um, Glasgow went 4 uh, 1 up in the, in the first period. Um, Jones started the scoring. Uh, Register got the equaliser for Cardiff. And then it went downhill for Cardiff. Uh, Matthew R Schmier, and Colin Yellowhorn, we made it 4-1. Um, goalie pulled. Richardson made it 4-2. Uh, Shoop made it 5-2. Dixon made, made it on to, to 5-3. And there uh, we thought, could be an interesting end. No. Laporte got the empty net and a big victory for the Glasgow clan. Um, good or two from One, good for Glasgow and their playoff hopes. Two, good for Belfast and Sheffield. Kind of dropping points, um, but uh, yeah, good 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 result for uh, predominantly obviously mainly Glasgow, but a good result nonetheless.
3: Yeah, so my result is i have gonna get my sort of my own back after we lost to them eight 0 Sheffield don't like Whit playing on a Wednesday apparently. Okay, and, and that's that uh, that's enough from Yeah. <laughs> We lost five, three to five. Oh, we just lost graph on the recording, uh, then. Oh shame. Oh yeah. What a <laughs> <hear> us. I think Robbie Well, yeah. Robert Dale scored for yourselves on the power play. Then it was a goal by Kyle Thacker. Brendan Miggy scored the second goal. Then obviously John Armstrong goal for yourselves to make it two all. Robert Dale scored. I like it's 3-2, and then I probably think Steelers want to forget these three power play goals that were scored by Jonas Amadal and then Jacob Benson with two. I
2: think, in fairness,
3: before we go to mind, I think there's a, there's
0: a couple of things to comment on this game. The first thing is, I've seen so many Steelers fans
4: try and blame this game on injuries, and if you are try to blame this game on injuries... You're talking rubbish.
0: This was a team that was top of the league, taken on bottom of the league, that expected to win and didn't turn up on a road game on a Wednesday night. For me, anyway, I don't know what you thought, Dave. I know you were watching at the same time. I just thought we looked lethargic.
1: (laughs) We did. We looked lethargic. Um, And, you know, Fife had the edge. They had had the jump. I will say this, though. um, When Sheffield did turn it on, it looked the other way around. Mm. I just felt that we just didn't turn that on in longer, longer matches than we did needed to. But I'll say, if I don't know what your second point were, still in Sheffield's hands.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, that wasn't going to be my second point, in fairness, but I, I agree. But it, it makes it a lot more difficult. Oh, yeah. um, we came out of the game last weekend, or whenever it was, we came out of the game saying, OK, yeah, we've, we've lost another league game, but if we lose both games against Belfast, then Belfast were uneven points. And now, obviously, that it's not in that situation. So, it's not great. And actually, Fenster saw a tweet from Dave Sims, uh, which it's not often that we agree with him, but actually he tweeted and said, if someone said to you at the start of the season that at the start of March you were going to be two points clear at the top of the table, you're taking it. And actually, yeah, you're not wrong there.
1: And also, 16 games left, and five of them games, nearly, oh, nearly a third of that batch is against Belfast. So either team, it's in their hands. But it's still in Sheffield's hands, so not the best result.
0: They've also got three games against Guildford this weekend, and you've got to think that Guildford should be able to put one performance in
1: there. Come on, the tambourines.
0: (laughs) Yeah, something like that. Uh, No, the other point that I was going to make, I mean, we've said before about goaltending, I didn't think that the goaltending was was great for Sheffield uh, on Wednesday, but... What was going on with that goal, judge? And it, in fact, it wasn't even one goal judge. It was both goal judges pressed the light for a goal about four or five times when there
4: wasn't any goal. There were a couple of times when he presumed it had gone in. Uh, and the
0: fourth goal, I don't. I'm, by the way, I'm not blaming this at all for any goals conceded. I'm more just commenting on how bizarre it was that it kept happening. The fourth goal, a shot in the back post or the near side post, sorry, misses the net. It hits the outside of the net. The light goes on. If anything, probably the more reasonable of the of the presses on the goal on the goal The puck then comes round the back. Barry Bruce is just stood there with an empty net next to him. Not even doesn't get in position, doesn't set himself, doesn't track a puck, literally not interested. And there's enough of our fans that are trying to blame that on the fact that the goal light went on. If you're a player, particularly a goalie, you play to the whistle. There was no whistle. He saw the light go on. I don't even think, in fact, I don't even think he saw the light go on. I just think he made a good save in the near side post and presumed that we managed to get it clear. And then all of a sudden, you saw him dive at the last minute when he realised, oh, it's in front of me. Um,
1: I think the the Golders were just having an audition for Race, uh, a bit of fastest finger first, because they were more than trigger happy with the uh, with the light. So I I, I, that's the only logical explanation I can have for that one. Um, I swear fastest finger first was who wants to be a millionaire. Well, let's, let's, we're looking at catchphrase, aren't
3: <laughs> Could be a Family Feud. Could be Family Feud, yeah. Jerry. <laughs> <braid thoroughness>
0: Context into that. If you ever watch Family Feud top moments, there's one point which is what was it? Top things a doctor might pull out of you or something like that. And literally, like one of the answers that someone gives is gerbil, and it it, it, is worth
1: watching. It was straight out, bang, gerbil.
0: If if obviously you've not seen it, YouTube Just search Family Feud gerbil. But we digress. Let's let's get back to Harvey, gents. We've gone on a very slippery slope here. Um, My game (laughs) (laughs) is. I'm getting my own back on Greth instantly on this one. It's um, it's kind of, we're gonna lose? That's, that's that's irrelevant. Utterly, utterly irrelevant. Um, Cardiff Manchester, seven-one uh, win for Cardiff. Um, in fence, the, the reason isn't just to uh, isn't just to get my own back on Gref. It, it seems to be one of the most bizarre games in terms of escalation in the scoreline in the third period that I've seen. The first period. No goals. Um, Five-minute penalty for fighting for Brandon McNally and Ben Wilson. Um, and that a couple of penalties, that's it. Second period, um, the Storm actually go up 1-0. Frankie Melton assisted Jared Van Wormer, uh five minutes 22 into the second. Devils equalised nine minutes four seconds into the second through Justin Crandall, assisted Reid of register. And then he went up with a shorthanded goal, 2-1, uh, 34-22 on the clock through Jake Koffler, assisted by Brendan Mickelson, or Brenda Mickelson, if you uh, follow Twitter. Um, end of the second is 2-1. You then have a five-goal period. Um, four minutes and three is 3-1. Steve Dixon through Brody Reed and Justin Craddle. Um Noah Delmas gets a... Uh, zero-minute penalty according to the game sheet on uh, on the Elite League site, so I'm presuming that's not right. Um, But Cardiff Devils go up then 4-1 at 44-40 through Trevor Cox, assisted Koffler and Louis. 5-1 at 45-57 through Brodie Reed, um, assisted Trevor Cox. 6-1 at 50 minutes and 17. uh, Riley Brandt from McNally and Karouf. Karouf getting an assist. It's always good to see goalies getting an assist. And then 54-44, uh, 7-1, Brodie lead through Register and Dixon. Just an absolutely bizarre turn of events that you've got five goals in a ten-minute span there. Um, I can't remember the last time I've seen that. And in fairness, I think actually, I don't know. Gref, did you watch this game? Absolutely. I did not. Fair enough. I was going to say, in fairness, my presumption on that is that the, the, the scoreline doesn't really affect reflect the game that Manchester had. Because end of the second period, 2-1 down against the Devils in Cardiff is not by any means a bad result. Um, and it's almost like a reflection of the storm at the start of the year, which was you could compete for two periods and the third period collapsed. So it's a bit interesting to see that it's kind of reverted back to that. But um, it sounds like a decent game. And in fairness, for two periods it, I'm sure it was a decent game if you're a Manchester fan. Um, shots on goal up pretty even, 35-31. Um, yeah, just sounds like a decent game. Five, uh, what, well, two fights? What, well, one fight? Sorry, two players fighting penalties. One fight, five goal third period. Yeah, sounds like a decent game. Uh, anybody for uh, any more? For any more in terms
1: of uh, highlights, I'll be good to move on. Dave put his finger up, then I'm not sure if that's because he wants to say something. No, I don't. Um, Dowd's goal in Nottingham. Took him a, to third in the list all time for Steelers, but the uh, record goal scorer in the elite era for the Sheffield Steelers. So congratulations to uh, Robert Down.
0: Yeah, 100%. This has been a long time coming. Um, so many games without a goal and then all of a sudden I think the first goal was...
2: Who did he score the first goal against? Not. the gave the tying goal.
1: Was it Man- was it Manchester.
3: Yeah, it was, yeah. For sure it was, so yeah. Yeah, and then, uh, in fairness, as a, as a Sheffield player for so long, what
0: better a team to score your your record-breaking goal against the Nottingham in Nottingham. Um, so, a great team of there. And then all of a sudden, just like you're waiting for a boss to come up once, he scores in five as well. He uh, got the man of the match in fairness in five and was by by far the best player on our team, I thought. Yeah. So, it's definitely the monkey off his back there, I think.
1: Absolutely. Great servant for Sheffield and a season in Belfast uh, and obviously for GB. So, uh, yeah, congratulations to uh, Robert Darrell.
0: Yeah, big up Robert Darrell. Um, any more for any more? Or are we going to move on to the next thing? I'm seeing not slash shakes. So, we'll go through to the airport section. We've got the arrivals and departures lounge. Um And it's very much that in a minute because we've got a a good mixture of the two. Uh, The first is from the Kansas City Mavericks to the Manchester Storm. We've got Noah Delmas. From HC Innsbruck to the Sheffield Steelers, we've got Nico Feldner. Um, From Trinity Western University to the Coventry Blaze, there is Braden Brown. Uh, From HC Innsbruck again to the Sheffield Steelers, again, uh, Antonin Baruta. From Manchester Storm to Unknown is Austin Albrecht. I believe he's going back to his home team though. I think that was what he said on the tweet. Yeah, he uh, got back on. as it from Five Flyers to the Glasgow Clan, so an internal move there, Colton Walsh. And uh, from the Cacunny Kestrels to the Five
4: Flyers, we've got Reese Cochran. <laughs> uh, we know about Reese Cochrane and
0: Colton Walsh before. We don't usually talk about departures, gents, other than obviously like we've just said, he's gone back to his, his to his home country. So, obviously, I think it was a case of he made the request and you guys agreed to terminate his contract immediately, I think was what I read. Uh, other than that, gents, shall we just go for the signing So, that would lead us with Delmas, Feltner, Brown and Baruta. I'll, uh,
3: I'll let you go. Well, we start off with Delmas, I guess. Yeah, so so we announced a signing on, uh, during midweek before the deadline was up, and it was... We'd signed a D-man in Noah Delmas. Played the weekend against Belfast, against Cardiff. And considering we had, what, 13 goals past us, he was only on a minus three. So that, for a D-man, that's pretty pretty decent. He was, only got two penalty minutes, which is in the Cardiff game. Makes his home debut this this weekend against the Panthers. From his stat-wise, you're looking at it, you're thinking, all right, that's not too bad at all. I mean, if, before he came to the Storm, he was playing for Kansas City Mavericks in the East Coast League, and he finished there after 32 games with a, a plus two. As a D-man, that's pretty damn decent. I mean, Two goals, seven assists, only 17 penalty minutes. Looks like someone that's going to be sturdy at the back for us, which is some of the games that we've played over the past couple of weeks. It's going to be definitely welcomed. Before playing for Kansas, he was in the NCAA with Niagara University. One season, 2018-19, 40 points in 41 games. Definitely can't argue with that. And His last season, he was the captain for the team. I look forward to watching him play this weekend for us to see how he turns out in on well, a smaller rink. And he'll definitely have been told of what our rink's like before he even came, after he played with the likes of Ginnock last season over in in the East Coast League, Sean Bonner as well. There's also many other players that are in our league at the moment that you've had well, former player Dylan Mountquist, played for Panthers. You've got, obviously, Jared from Warmer plays for us now. So he's going to be,
4: from,
3: my understanding he's going to be a welcome introduction for us.
1: I I think this is a very shrewd signing by uh, Affinity. Um, You look at his stats, okay, junior-wise. He looks like a guy that's going to contribute in the assist front. So I reckon potential could end up on on the special teams. Um, But like you said, Gref, you know, he's he's got or has had good production, good year um, with Kansas. And he also, you know, as you've also mentioned, you know, that captaincy for one season – Shows a bit of leadership. Um, Yeah, no, this is a good sign for Manchester. And something that, you know, we we joke with with Griff um, about the lack of this, but he has playoff experience, um, okay, in juniors, but nonetheless. um, No, I mean, okay, you you look through his uh, Elite Prospect page and uh, you do see a couple of minus on the postman, but points-wise, Heavy on the heavy on the assists. Uh, so now, I think overall this is a, v- especially at this time. Of year, I think this is a very good signing for Manchester. Um, and good work by by Finner.
0: I'm trying to find some kind of interview with Finna where he actually makes a comment on this one, and there isn't any, as far as I can see. They've not said anything on the tweet. They've not said anything on the press release, which is a bit bizarre. Usually, you get some words from the coach. So, in terms of the actual player himself, I don't know whether he's. I don't know whether he's a stay-at-home. I'm, I'm looking at his stats, he looks to be more of a stay-at-home than a, an offensive D-man, but I've no idea whether you know he's got a heavy shot, whether he likes to play physical. In terms of his actual style, don't know, Gref, you're probably better to say that just on what you've seen so far, if if anything. Um, six foot, 194 pounds, he's not the biggest guy, but in fairness, his stats speak for themselves. Like you said, Gref, this year, plus two in 32 games in the ECHL. that's good going, particularly for a D-man. So,
4: I think a lot of, like you say, stability brought to the back end, and I think that's what you guys
0: have needed, is is some some stability on that back end. He's 25 years old, so if he settles in well, that might be a decent signing for you guys to keep for, for next year, for the next couple of years. But also, and I've said this about quite a lot of recent signings, the age of him means that he's going to want to put a decent performance in here, so that he looks better for next year. We don't necessarily want to be looking at the, all these players leaving the league, but if that's some kind of motivation for them to put in the best performance that they can, it can't be a bad thing in the short term. So, a good signing for Manchester, I think, and I think definitely a statement of intent that they're pushing for uh, for a playoff spot.
2: Um, anything else on Noah Delmas, gents? So, next one I have got is Nico Feldner from Hombrook to the Steelers.
1: A player from the uh, the Salzburg Academy. Um, a lot of experience um, in juniors because you know young uh, young guy 23. Um, his stats on the whole when you go to the Alps Hockey League and EBL upwards they aren't overall that. They're not, they're not mind-blowing. However this year he's finished well, for Innsbruck standout year. Um, he's a at that level his highest point production. Uh he got um twenty-four points in the Alps Hockey League um, two years ago, but this is this season's been a bit of a standout year uh for him. So again, another young player. And I had a bit of excitement of you know younger, you know, hungry type player. Um I wanted to, to finish off a season where he really has stood out well. And bear in mind he's had two stints for the national side under-20s level. If he can finish off this season well, him personally, we'll give him a great chance uh, to represent Austria at the world champs at the level that they're at. And we'll mention that later on as to where that will be. Um, For Sheffield, it's... uh, good, uh, shrewd business by Aaron Fox. He relied on uh, some old contacts. He used to play for Interbook, uh a few years ago, but he knows the uh, the management team there well with his time in, in Zagreb. So I think it's a good move for, for the player to carry on playing the season with how he's gone well so far at that standard. It's a good pickup for Sheffield. Um, they needed bodies with the injuries they've had. I, I think this is a little bit of a win-win situation for all concerned.
3: Also, he's had, as what we all love, Champions Hockey League experience. Two games and a point. This season, you obviously, as you mentioned, it looks like he's had a, pretty much like a, you could say, a breakout year for himself. 44 games, he's finished on a plus one. 24 points. As a, a youngster, you could say in that league, or 23 definitely, is most likely going to, for you guys, he's going to be one of those energetic guys. He's going to have a lot of, a lot of speed. And at the size of like, the ice pads with yourselves, Panthers, Belfast, Is you're going to be hoping he's just going to run rings around the defense. So he looks like a a really good pick up for yourselves, especially this late
0: on. Yeah, another one where the the age really stands out to me here. Um, 23 years old. You know, again, wants to make an impression, wants to push himself, wants to make sure that next year or in the next five years that he can push himself to the next um, or the best league that he can. Um, Yeah, some great great stats, in fairness. 44 games this year at Innsbruck, 24 points, well, he's got a good pedigree coming in. Um, he is on loan, just like the other signing for the Steelers, um, and I believe that'll just be a case of he the rest of the season with us and then goes back to Innsbruck at the end of the year. But I think Salzburg actually tweeted and said that uh, hopefully they'll be seeing him celebrate with us this year. Um, so let's see what this one's like. But definitely a good signing. A couple of big injuries for the Steelers. They've lost Valorant currently. Uh, they've lost Dainton. So these are some big signings to, uh, to make some
2: replacements. Um, anything else on Feldman?
1: Nothing directly, but I'm thinking that this—I I don't recall many Austrian uh, nationals playing in the Elite League. I'm pretty—I'm I'm, obviously I've I'm got a chance to, to double-check this, but I'm pretty sure this could be the first for, for the, for the Steelers—an Austrian hockey player. I don't seem to recall many Austrians being signed.
2: Yeah, no, I don't have any memory. Any for Manchester? Not that I think of now.
1: So yeah.
0: Um, I said I always read the uh, the interviews and the the you know the press releases when players are signed, so I will quickly read that. Nico is a big-bodied forward who had a breakout year in Austria this year. At 23 years old, he played big minutes and also contributed on their power play. He finished the year with 24 points in 44 games. He's looking forward to extending his season and coming in to help us achieve our goals. He can play centre or wing and should give us some added size. Uh, Fox concluded, I wanted to thank my close friend in Innsbruck sport manager, Max Steinerker, and their GM, Gunter Hansic, helping out here with this deal. So, interesting one. Fox has used a couple of his contacts, which is always good to see. Um, and I think he's, he's, he smashed this one out of the park, to be fair. I think a good size is a forward. Who's going to put, hopefully bring us some, some goals and
2: somebody who wants to make a good impression? That's a win win as far as I can see, boys. Anything else on Feldman?
0: No, so we'll go on to the next one. Uh, Trinity Western University to the
2: commentary, Blaze, Braden bound.
3: So looking at his production wise over or over in the U Sports League. Does not really shout out as one of the players that's gonna be in there to get the points in? Eh uh, the past two seasons or we will count twenty twenty one because that was a that was a COVID year last season. Well, during this season, to be had with Trinity Western University, 20 games played, only nine points, 12 penalty minutes. I think maybe Danny Stewart will want a bit more production-wise, but then again, could be a, a diamond in the rough, as you could say. When we look at stats-wise, some players don't look as great, but then they come and play in our league. And they just light it up. So, I'm sure they'll hope he does the exact same there. Played in the WHL for Edmonton Oil Kings and Calgary Hitmen. Calgary Hitmen who have a, normally have a pretty damn decent jersey. And a good logo as well. (laughs) Played two games there. Played 61 games. 2014-15 for Oil Kings. He's from what we can see on obviously on Elite Prospects, plus minus seems to be one season it was always a uh, plus minus or, or zero <laughs> and then they've always been in the negative, so it's more of a for us I think it's more of like a wait and see kind of player. But when he plays against either Storm or against Sheffield.
1: Yeah, um it I'm not sure where you put him in this I think I'm I'm kinda of leaning towards what you said there, Graff, as a diamond in the rough, because again, stats that don't that don't scream at you he's gonna, you know, do some significant damage. But then we've seen many players with similar stats that does that. Um players from good teams in the uh, WHL, so he's an understandable pedigree. Um yeah, in, 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 if you just looked at it, it looks like a strange signing. However, Coventry is struggling with, with injuries, so it's another body for them. Um, and you know, if he finds that scoring touch, because he's you know pretty much got goals every season where he's played, he could do some something decent for the Blazers. I mean, you know, another player from the U Sports League. So one that again. Or for me anyway. It doesn't stand out, but I'm leaning towards towards Greff in terms of the kind of you know potential diamond in the rough.
0: It's always difficult to read stats from players when they don't. Well, I mean at least plus minus. I mean 90% of the time that he's played, they've not don't appear to have recorded a plus minus. If you say plus minus of zero, that's across two games in the WHL. So it's difficult to say in terms of his defensive side of the game. Um, offensive wise. Not huge in goals, but like we say, boys, at the end of the day, you, I think you guys have knocked it on the head. It, it's it's a diamond in the rough signing, potentially. It's definitely a wait-and-see signing. I mean, his, his stats, realistically, we've got junior stats. We, we don't know how that's going to transcribe to the Elite League. We know that we've got a good level of players in this league this year. But, again, another player, and this is great to see another player that's going to be wanting to make a good impression. So, He's coming into a Coventry team. The Coventry team haven't been getting necessarily the best results. I'm taking out that 5-0 win against uh, Nottingham. But Generally speaking, they've had some tough results. So they've got a good goalie at the back, and now they need to build some structure into the team in front, and I think this is their way of trying to do that. Um, Danny Stewart commented, Braden is young and hungry and provides us with depth going down the stretch. He's a two-way forward with a good release that can eat up some minutes for us. It was important for us to bring in a body for the stretch as it's a very very busy finish. So it looks to me like they've just. No, that interview doesn't necessarily um, translate too well to me because that sounds more like they've gone. We need a guy. Let's sign a guy. Okay, this guy'll do. Um, Well, actually, I don't think that's necessarily what he's trying to say. I think it's a case that this guy's going to be, you know, he's going to have the good stamina to stay on the rink when they need him to. So he's going to take some pressure off the players if they do end up with any more injuries. Um, you know he's got a good quick release so he should have a decent shot on them Coventry have often liked the, the the kind of player that breaks in and has that quick release shot so hopefully for them he'll fit in quite well into that roster uh, but again yeah I think you guys have knocked it on the head perfectly it's a wait-and-see signing it's a possible diamond in the rough is it one that at the end of the season we're going to be talking about maybe it is maybe it isn't and that, that's honestly as as, as as washy as that sounds it's all we can say at this point but uh, obviously his first game against the Panthers 5-0 uh, win, uh, no points at all for him, so
3: we'll see how he settles into that squad. One question for you, Joe. Yep. Did Danny say it without any passion?
0: Oh, I couldn't possibly say, mate. <laughs> As we know, Danny Stewart's a very passionate coach. <laughs> Alluding there slightly to the controversy that's going to be coming up later on. Um, but we'll come back to that later on. Any Anything else on uh, on Brown? No, nope. So we'll move on to the last one for us to discuss, I believe, unless I've missed one out. That's the one. So, so we'll move on to Antonin Baruta, who's gone again from HC Innsbruck to the Steelers on loan.
1: We, we, we've said that um, the first player to go from Innsbruck to Sheffield was a, a good pick-up. I would argue this is probably a better pick-up uh, to finish the season off. Um, a guy with significant experience, uh, both in good leagues, but also you know, junior and international level. Um, and very good seasons for him on a team that, by the looks of it, didn't make the, uh, the postseason. Obviously, that's why they're available to us. Uh, a D-man with a plus 18 this season. Um, and you look at his, where he's played, um, I think in the last few seasons, he's only had two seasons where he's been in the minus. And most of them years have been in the EBL, the what they now call the Ice Hockey League, uh, the Austrian League. He's been in the plus range. So, lots of playoff experience. Very good number of years in the, in the, in the plus section, the plus minus. I think this is damn good signing to finish the season off. This could make a significant difference in a few folds for the Sheffield Steelers. I think with the injury to Dane Todd, I think this could potentially replace that uh, as well. Because Dane Todd, for me, was the best defender for the Steelers this year. Um, And I think we've managed to somehow get somewhat of an equal quality. uh, So, barring the last night's result in five to, you know, to show up that, sh- that ship. Um. Just, again, it's great work. It's, the one thing that Aaron Fox has done well for Sheffield, he's used his, te- his uh, contacts very well and has brought across good players, good, skillful players. Um. There used to be that kind of, I large about European hockey players being, you know, you don't want them. You know, they're a bit soft. They're a bit, you know, not the type of player you want. But it, even if you're an outsider, and I'll probably ask this to Graffin but we won't speculate. And obviously, got a good team in his thoughts of the play. You look at the players that Fox has brought in, the European ones. It's not been a soft player at all in his time in Sheffield that he's brought across. They've all been solid hockey players, skillful hockey players, not not afraid to uh, not afraid to
3: stand up for themselves. 100 percent for you guys. is the guys he's brought in it's like, okay, wow, he's probably an amazing player. I mean, to take Latal for example, he's probably one of the fastest players in the league, probably one of the most skillful of his players as well. It's... Looking at the stats for your new defenseman. he's what, the EBEL, the Ice Hockey League. Nine years he's played in that league, 391 games, and he's a plus 79 as a D-man. That's amazing. In the Czech league, he's played five years. He was obviously a minus 34, but that's coming through the ranks as a youngster. So obviously that's going to happen for the teams you're playing at the lower league part, but then as soon as you go in the Ebel, he's just having a lot, having a ball, pretty much you could say. <laughs> he's putting up goals-wise, he's not putting up massive numbers, but then the assists, they're always in double figures. There's only a few times where he's actually not hit the double figure mark. He's got a fair amount of playoff experience. That's gonna help you guys in the the long one coming up. Is for me, this is probably one of the on the deadline day. It's probably one of the best players signed on the deadline day going off stats wise. Hopefully, if you'd want to for yourselves, you'd want to be like, All right, we've lost probably our best D man in Dane or Diane, whichever one you want to go off on Twitter. Always that. So nice. <laughs> You probably lost your best team in there. But then you've been able to go, OK, we've brought in a lone player. He's got the calibre just of it. So, I, when it comes to the Belfast trip, I look forward to seeing him play. But obviously, uh, I don't wish to him to have many great games against us, but it's probably going to happen anyway.
0: Fair point. Yeah, fair point. Well, we hope so anyway um i'd love to carry on talking about this guy but uh and we will do that shortly however uh we said that andy was hopefully going to join us and we hope you've got your rabbit holes ready because uh mr andy stafford joins us now uh andy how are we doing mate
5: first of all other holes are indeed available uh and uh i'm not too bad thank you how's everyone doing yeah well, i'm all right mate Still good
0: but, uh, but yeah, to, to fill you in briefly, mate, just because you've, you've come straight in, we've gone through um, we've gone through to the uh, we've gone through airport um, and we're just discussing the last signing. So we're just discussing uh, Antonin Baruta. Don't no know problem. if you want to get his elite prospects page up if you want to.
5: Yep, I've got him up. Um, yeah, go for it. Then, mate. We're just at security now. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> waiting to board.
0: Through with his ticket. <laughs> sorry my bag was inside out so i couldn't get there quicker
5: <laughs> um it's pretty simple i mean uh first of all he he's a czechia native so uh I, i've personally not seen a bad czechia uh player in the league so immediately i've, I've got very high hopes on uh on antonin um very decent starts across, across some great leagues uh Obviously the uh, Czech extra liga uh many games with PSG Zlin uh, over a couple of years uh before joining Oli Nomo in the EBEL. And again, great stats there. And for a defenseman, can't really complain of that. Uh it strikes me as uh, a bit of a two way defenseman. Now his plus minus is pretty good and he could also put points up so he can work both ends of the ice, which is a great thing. Uh and obviously uh Dame was very, very good at that. So in terms of replacement, I don't think there's many other guys that he could really sign, especially this, this time of the season, uh, to come in and, and replace him until the end of the season. Obviously, uh, it is a loan, but in, you know, you know, it's a loan. It's still a very good signing for a loan for a loan person. So got a very high expectations on him. Uh, it's, it's quite interesting to see that we've got uh, the Steelers have got two signings for Innsbruck. Um, Two of them from, from the same team, uh, obviously as we've heard, uh, in the interviews, Aaron Fox has played there previously a couple of years. Uh, so he's going to know these guys. He's going to know the, uh, the, uh, coaches pretty well. Uh, and if they've really recommended to director Fox, then why not take a put on them? Uh, and I'm, I've got very, very high hopes for both Antonin, uh, and Nico. Uh, it'd be very interesting to see how they do. Uh, obviously they've already got two, Czech guys in Polak and the Latal so we may be able to see uh, a a bit of a Czech line going which I think we're pretty pretty good to see to be honest with you so uh, obviously those two aren't alone uh, now that Antonin has joined them and I think it's going to settle in pretty well it's great of course having uh, players that uh, that the same uh, language and have the same sort of background So that's always going to help a player settle in, but a very, very uh, high expectations from this guy. Um, and again, th- th- this is a chance. We all know that um, the, the e- well, it was EBEL, but obviously the uh, ice hockey league now better at home. Ice hockey league, pretty comparable the two leagues, but I do think given recent years that we are just a step above uh, the Austrian league, and again, this could be a good stepping stone for him. He uh, gets up some good points in his loan. Uh, who knows, he could uh, end up playing elsewhere in Europe next season. So very looking forward to to uh, to see Antonin and uh, to the guys play. Yeah, I'll jump straight into what Aaron Fox has said on this. He said, with Dane Tun out of
0: the lineup, our transfer deadline needs were changed. We have agreed on a second loan agreement with H.E. Innsbruck for D-man Antonin Baruta. Anthony is a solid two-way check D who skates well and gives us some much-needed depth during the run-in. Uh, he can play both sides and plays a very solid defensive game. He's put up some good numbers everywhere he's been and should be a great fit. Again, a quick thank you to Max Good for, and Ernie and Nimsbrook for all the help getting this done just before the deadline. So an absolutely stellar signing again. I think <clears throat> across both signings that he's made on, on pretty much on deadline day, I think Aaron Fox has knocked this out of the park. Um, like you guys have said struggling to think of many bad Czech players that have that have put the orange jersey over the head particularly in recent years um, and I, Andy, it makes me think if you say that about having a few Czech players on the lineup now it reminds me of like when you used to play like um, like franchise mode on NHL and you used to have to try and link up and get like chemistry right on each line and things like that you'd get like the green green chemistry so that line's going to be okay it's that kind of you know, we're putting a team together of, of players that have more than likely played a lot of junior time together. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see how this one plays out, but like you guys have said, I mean the main thing to focus on is his plus-minus, which is, which is outstanding. Um, and even if you just look at him this year, a plus-minus of a plus plus-18. And actually, if you look at it, three goals and six assists. So he's only actually had a hand in on nine goals. Uh, so he's still come out of that with a plus-18. He's obviously putting a lot of effort in on that back line as well, so Definitely a good replacement for Todd. Todd, I believe, as far as being speculated, I don't think he's been confirmed, but he's, he's going to be out for the rest of the season with a fractured um, tibia, which he had successful surgery on. So good to hear that the, the surgery went as a success. Did not look good at all when he went down on, uh, on Sunday. Uh, I think most people probably looked at that and went, have we just lost him for the season? Because that really did look bad when he went down. I uh, couldn't honestly tell you what happened. It looked like quite an innocuous incident. I, I don't think there was any... I don't know, foul play in terms of it, I just looked like a bit of an unlucky knock um, that obviously came off worse for him. Really, really hope that we get to see Dane Todd sign back again in a a Steelers jersey. I really hope that's not the last we've seen. Uh, To me, he was one of our priority signings to make for next year because he was was our best D-man in my opinion. But this guy looks fantastic uh, and we may have just signed another Czech D-man mid-season that next year we're going to be turning around and saying we need this guy back. Um, Let's not forget Jensen. Uh, it, it, it his first year for us Tron was only signed mid-season as a Czech D-man with a fantastic plus-minus so maybe if he fits in that same mould again fantastic player in the, in the works hopefully uh, if that's the case but uh, as with all signings we'll wait and see how that p- pans out but uh, I don't know have we confirmed whether they're going to be in this weekend or not? Has anyone seen? Beth shrugging his shoulders I'm, yes. uh, that was more <sighs> direct to Dave and Andy to be fair mate
1: they've both been confirmed that they'll be in this weekend
0: found. All right, yeah, fair enough. So we'll get to see that this weekend. Um, yeah, to me, a great signing, like I say. I think Fox has uh, smashed this one out of the park. Uh,
5: anything else on Anthony Baruta, gents? No, just just, just quickly on, on Todd. Um, I, I remember what happened. Basically, it was the opposition of the puck and uh, trying to try break out the zone. It was just a very awkward collision with uh, one of the... Um... Coventry. Thank you. Commentary players, uh, shows where my head's at today, doesn't it? Uh, just a very bad situation with, with Coventry players. Uh, a bit of knee-on-knee, but there was nothing foul about it. Uh, so I think that's probably where, where, what happened. Uh, and obviously the, he just went down to the ice pretty hard as well. Uh, pretty much leg first. So didn't look very good at all, but obviously I uh, hope it's not too bad as first thought. And, and uh, maybe we'll see him back next year. Who knows? But all the best to him.
0: Yeah, 100%. Yeah, we, you know, All our best for a speedy recovery. Hopefully, um, from a personal perspective, if he can come back for playoffs, that would be great. Um, but obviously, more importantly, we want to see him back on the ice because um, it's never nice to see a player get an injury that kind of affects their career like that. So hopefully we get to see him on the ice again. Um, and yeah, speedy recovery to him. Uh, in terms of signings, we didn't actually discuss this. I completely forgot about it and I've just randomly remembered it as we've been going on. Uh, there is one more signing that has been confirmed to have been made. However, it isn't confirmed as to who that is yet. The Belfast Giants tweeted out to confirm they've made a signing, but they couldn't confirm who it was yet. Um, I don't know what you guys think. And in terms of speculation, we generally keep it relatively quiet, unless they have announced it yet, and I've missed it completely, but it's not an Elite Prospects. The only thing that this strikes me as is that it may be an interleague signing because of the
1: way that they've said they can't say who it is yet. Uh, the only things I, I've seen is a few a few sites uh, of speculation have, have have brought up one name. Um, that name is Blair Riley coming out of retirement for uh, to finish the season. Now, if that's the case, and if he's been able to keep himself fit, great. But like you're saying, they've not. It's it's, it's a strange one that they've they said we've signed someone, but we can't say who. Um. But if it is, if if the speculation on a multiple sides, not just one or two, multiple is correct, and if we can, uh, well, we all know what Blair Allen can do. Uh, who knows? But I think Belfast were looking to, to bolster their squad because I think they've had a couple of injuries as well, so it helps them for their title running.
0: It's quite good to see a lot of close title runs, and every single interview you are seeing about players that have been signed recently, they talk about the running, and it's quite it's quite good to see that because a lot of the time you don't get that. A lot of the time it's just oh we needed injury recovery at the last minute, you know. You're getting you're getting a number of teams talk about we needed a guy in the running, we needed some more depth in the running. So there's a lot of teams, and, and in fairness, we've talked about that gap between is it third and fourth, where there's that big hefty gap. Or yeah. But either way, it's still close down at the bottom of the league and that fight for the bottom, you know, that fight to stay above the playoff line is still very, very much a thing. It's still very, very much ongoing. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how this pans out towards the end of the year. As Steelers fans, Dave and Andy, I'm sure you'll agree, I very much hope that our game picks up because it's it's not been up to par over the last couple of weeks in terms of the results. Um, but either way, I think we're in for a good closeout to the season, gents. I think I think we'll all agree on that. Um, you know, the title race looks like it could go to one of three teams at the moment. There's a lot of teams still fighting to stay above that playoff line, so that's what you want to see in a good season. As much as it's nice to win the league and run away with it and not have to worry, that's what you want out of a season, and I think we've got the good foundations for that this year.
1: The last few years, the more exciting race has been that that playoff race, is who makes the playoffs. Um, I don't think, the, I mean, you could kind of argue that COVID has actually helped make the title race even more exciting. And I can't think of a season in as long as I've watched hockey in the UK as as good a run-up for two teams. Cardiff do have a, a sniff at this. We can't rule them out completely, but we'll park them for a second. But two teams with as many games against each other in the running. The, you've, you've got a couple of races That's just going to be, if you're not excited or you don't get, you know, this, this gets a sports fan, they'll get the juices for it. These are the ones that you want to watch. You want to be, you know, as a fan, you want to be involved in. Um, steady on, Joe. Uh, you know, if you're involved, they won't be uh, good for the nerves. But either way, there'll be a couple of exciting... What is for. Other refreshments are available. True. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know... We, will I mean, I'm, I'm saying this respectfully. We will look. We we'll look at the title race. Obviously, Gref will look at the, the postseason race and, and Manchester actually making the playoffs. Um, if you know,
0: playoffs are that I thing mean, that happened at the end of the season. Gref, just to, just so you know,
3: isn't that golf tournament?
1: At some point, yes. I mean, I know we did the interview with with Carl, stated the Storm fan, and he was towards not making the postseason, but it's still as good a race. It's we all want a close league, and we're getting it.
5: Could you imagine if it was well, if it just as a left field sort of thing, if it wasn't Blair Riley, and they managed to pick up someone like Jeff Platt or um, Joey Martin or Shane, or Shane, yeah, or well, Joey Martin or Shane Prince <laughs> at, the, at the KHL? I mean, wow. <laughs> So,
1: yeah, they would be amazing signings and yeah. they would blow the lead. That would be
5: like, wow, you've done well
1: there. Imagine Joey Martin and imagine the meltdown in Cardiff. <laughs> We're talking about it later on. That meltdown will be nothing compared to that meltdown if it was Joey Martin. My God. The goat. The goat in teal.
5: That looks so strange. <laughs> I can just see it now.
0: They're like when uh, when Fleury went to the to the Golden Knights and there was a Penguins fan that made a fifty-fifty shirt. Which oh was 50%, yeah, fifty percent <laughs> pence. fifty <laughs> percent Devils fifty percent Giants jersey? Well, does <laughs> go quite well together? Anyway, we digress. Um, anything more on uh, on that? Gents, sorry, I kind of sidetracked us with that kind of league run-ins getting interesting thing, but uh, just kind of popped in my head. Um. The next thing we've got is DOPS, and by DOPS we mean, if you're a fan of the Ottawa Senators, uh, we are um, a few players uh, trash-talking their own team in an Uber away from the Coventry Blaze becoming the next team like the Ottawa Senators. So um, there's been a series of events uh, involving the Coventry Blaze. How do we want to deal with this, gents? we not actually really discussed this before, because we just wrote DOPS and then realised that, oh, and there's this, oh, and there's this. Let's start from the headline and work his way
1: down.
0: Well, do we want to start? Yeah, okay, yeah, fair enough. So we'll go with the Dops' involvement first. So Blaze head coach Danny Stewart has been suspended for one game. Um, he's been fined and suspended for one game following incidents in game 206 the Sheffield Steelers versus Coventry Blaze on the 27th of February 2022. I would love to tell you what he's been suspended for. Um, however, in their infinite wisdom, the league have not actually put it under any heading they've just said he's been suspended and fined. So a uh, bit of a shortcoming for the league there, but I'll, I'll throw
1: it out to you guys. I think, uh, well, first of all, I'm going to praise the league. Um, they said in their, um, the, when they announced it, they decided on Wednesday morning and they decided that, you know, the clues are gone, you know, Coventry, give, give commentary a ring. Uh, you know, you've been planning, have a head Coach Benny Benchstein? No, he's not. So they delayed the ban. I think that's fair um, that they've done that. That's the only thing I think is good. Sound positive, I like it. Yeah, yeah, we'll sound positive and then we'll work downwards. Because I... Danny Stewart has put himself in a position that allowed the perception of what he did and said to be worse than what it could be. And if we're honest, we've all seen the video that's done the rounds on social medias. We've all seen the information that was in the star... He's put himself in a position um, to, to, you know, make it look worse than potentially what it is. Because if we're honest, we, we don't know what was said to, to trigger that response. Now, that's not a defence of the response. i to be honest, that's not a defence of the response. But we don't know what's said. I will say one thing. There's a lot of Sheffield fans saying, "Oh, you know, he swore in front of kids and it's terrible, it's disgusting. I'm going to be a bit blunt here. Grow up. No, just grow up. That's a workplace. The bench, as a head coach, that's the workplace. He's just come off the bench and gone into an, an argument with, according to the assistant coach of the Steffield Steelers, it's still the workplace. You've just come off the ice. It's unfortunate that there were kids in earshot of the conversation, but it's a workplace. We have a home, this family-friendly, it's a family-friendly sport. And we'll mention that when it comes to the playoff tickets, but sometimes, if you if you have the opportunity to go near the workplace, you're going to hear stuff that's not family friendly. Industrial language gets used. So, as far as I'm concerned, anybody who's and I've seen one one of the groups that they should be sacked because he was swearing. Sacked because he's swearing swir- swir- for the kids. Get in the bin. Seriously. Like to watch hockey, every kid. Get in the bin. Conversations on benches are not family friendly in any sport, whether it's ice, whether it's roller, whether it's ball hockey. I have been involved in and I contribute to conversations. Not slagging off the subjects that's been talked about, but you you have conversations where you say stuff in the heat of the moment. Ninety-nine point ninety-nine times 100, you shake hands afterwards. But that's the workplace. So that needs, I think that needs to be said because anybody who's about man, oh, this one, forget, shut up. Shut up and get all you said. Seriously. It's a workplace. Um, the problem, as I mentioned, is the perception of what's said, and that's that is how we work now in the world. If you say something and you're caught on camera, it's that perception of, of others. You can't, you lose, you're behind the eight ball and saying, actually, this is what we said. Obviously, also, no one hears the actual audio because we tried working out what was said because we saw the video Monday night before training. And we, me and you, Joe, we were like, did he say this? Did he say that? Could he have said this? You know, you couldn't say for, for definite, and I think, We've had the conversation with greff and Andy you just you can't for definite define what was said so it's a poor situation um, I think timing wise when we have a league that rightfully is saying we've had you know the hockey's favorite one and it's an inclusive spot and we've got players fantastically opening up about the struggles, not just in Sheffield but in other teams, you know, it's open up and I think it's fantastic, and long may that continue. You know, get rid of the barrier that stops them from saying that. Um, we talk about what the players at the pe- at the premium, both physically but also mentally. Um, I think time-wise, it's awful for Danny Stewart uh, to be caught in this. Um, and then you talk about the defence from Coventry. The statement they put out. And I don't know what your guys thought. I instantly thought that Boris Johnson's defence of his parties were more believable than that. They were awful. It's, it's poor. Um, and I know we're going to mention other things, but I think that kind of really set the tone for the car crash that this week's been for the Coventry Blaze. Um, it all kind of looks round. I think it's, it's been bad. The band length, if I'm honest, is poor. I think how Coventry have handled it been poor. I think the expectation from some fans saying you no know, it's he swore, other kids say uh, poor, let's remember workplace, things happen. We talk about it, you know. We need to educate, let's carry on that. For me, my final point take Danny Stewart out of that equation and it's David Sims. And I'm not saying it because to target David Sims, but a lot of people pass comment about David Sims, rightfully, wrongfully. And you know. Everybody here and everyone listens. If it were Dave Sims who did that, condemnation across the board. What's the
2: difference? There'd be one
3: person that'd definitely be tweeting that out. Same person that tweets it out every single time. He would always tweet it out when that first the first time it happened with the two people in Kiss cab. We won't give his name any limelight though. you mentioned it's a workplace if people are saying oh you should be sat for that it's not just like ice roller ball you also got football are they really going to take the kids to like a a premiership game or a championship game or a, a league one game where it goes where they're sat near the stands and they hear footballers swearing using dropping a C bomb or an F bomb or other expleted. Well, but it's, are available. Exactly, <laughs> it's <laughs> the workplace. It's going to happen in the heat at the moment. They can't say they have never used any language as such as that in any type, any environment at all. Because if they do, they'll line out their backside, and I'll go with that one you mentioned that it's we don't think it yeah I where I spoke to you guys well when we first saw the video my first part I said he said this and a user ago, we don't know maybe he said this there's the problem right there it leaves it he's put himself in the position for people to start going has he actually said that because when you lip read one or two things it kinda of look. it looks like. Doesn't look good on him. And then this one game ban. Kinda of doesn't look really good on the league. Considering obviously we've had our uh, hockeys for everyone. And with all the things the people are going through in the world right now with obviously mental health and two of the big or kinda of like the big stories coming out from yourselves with two of your players coming out, speaking forward about it. But that doesn't look good at at all. And then, obviously, you had the... Well, before even the video got came out, you had the commentary players tweeting, and it was like, whoa, that's probably not the right thing to tweet of at this moment. It's just... I we get yeah, some people don't like the star for what they put po- what they post. It's not everyone's cup of tea. Oh well, that's your opinion. You can have it if you want it. If you don't go somewhere else. But then obviously then the video came out and they tweeted for what they thought was like kinda of like a, a sorry not sorry, you could kinda of say it was a poor thing at an apology trying to say it's passion it was like come on really it's not really the best you've got has someone that's like a what someone that's in the high school come up with this as an apology it's like come on really and it's just led on and on it's just like it's People, if, say it's Steelers that have done this on Twitter, the outrage from everyone will probably be ten times higher because obviously she sells. This one is worse than probably some of the stuff you've posted this season. It's horrendous.
5: Yeah, I've I've got to agree with uh, the whole tunnel situation. I I wasn't, you know, too bothered about that compared to what what uh the camera picked up on the bench. It's like you've all said, it's it's difficult to establish exactly what he said in words wise. Um I'm not too bad a lip reader and especially when you got a, a Canadian accent. Um and seeing those words being spoken, you know, you, you do get a gist of, you know, um, the sort of dialect f- from that because of the pauses, the between words, and how the letters are pronounced. Um, and well, I'm not going to say it's 100% this word because obviously I'm I'm, I'm not going to uh, say it's 100%, 100% that without knowing for sure. But I'm, I'm 80% 90% sure it was a particular word. Uh, and you know, if that was the case, then yeah, just, just there is a line. There is a line, and again, I think what was said on the bench was just well, I had crossed that. To be honest with you, um, obviously, mental health, especially, is, is, is a massive, massive topic in the world right now. It's, it's not given you know the amount of seriousness that is needed, and we all know. Uh, about Hodgman's struggles, um, the, the steel players have been pretty upfront with their struggles uh, in, in the star star newspapers, and you know, it's it's great to see that about the are to talk about that. But you know, obviously, once that's out in the open, then I guess in the heat of the moment, people are gonna sort of use that as a bit of a an offensive tactic but again that's still a bit of a line crossed in, in my eyes anyway uh, we've all struggled with mental health before and in that in that situation it's a horrible horrible place to be in so i think more consideration should have been used um uh, with those kind of words i wouldn't have had a problem if it if it had sent something completely different to what he So on the bench, but those two things in particular, uh, that second word obviously is a bit of a grey area right now, but from what it came across as mental health, and that word, a a very, very big line crossed in my opinion, and I believe that's the main reason why he's been given this ban. Although, in my eyes, not, not enough, to be honest with you. If players are getting two games for a check to the head, which again is not enough, but yeah, for this sort of thing, that gets picked up and shared around the world, it looks even worse. And for it to be a one-game is ridiculous. And then followed up by that whole press release from commentary, An absolute disaster.
2: Surely, it could have been
5: better phrased. It really was like... A Boris thing, that whole article, like saying, "Oh, I'm sorry, but actually, in real aspects, I'm not sorry at all." It was kind of, it was kind of like that. So, just ridiculous, to be honest with you. And then the whole car crash against who they're sort of playing against. I think we're going to talk about that now, anyway. But yeah, it's 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 been stupid, absolutely stupid, and i think marsh definitely should be done 100 percent, it's a very serious sort of thing to, to, to mention and talk about what he did on that bench and again the repercussions are not enough not enough at all in in my eyes look i'm not gonna go, i'm
0: not gonna go into speculation as to what he said i i We've all had our opinions of it. I think we're all probably on the same page as to one of the words that was used. Uh, and I think when I read out the commentary statement, that will cover. If you don't know what word we're already alluding to, um, it will explain it perfectly. So I'm not going to actually go into that now. I'm not going to go into that because, like you say, Andy, I, I agree with you. If you if you watch it, it, it looks pretty. It looks pretty, pretty clear cut to me as to what he said. But the other thing is we 've got to bear in mind this boys as well and and we'll give some credit isn 't the right word, but we'll give some some character reference in respect of danny Stewart's been in this league for a long time. this isn 't something that's happened or at least publicly happened before. You know everything happens in the heat at the moment. I have no doubt that as someone who's been such a good servant to the Coventry Blaze in particular that this isn't any Comment on Danny Danny Stewart's character, and I'm sure none of us will disagree with that. So I, I don't know. I, I want to believe that that wasn't the word used, and I want to believe that that was, you know, that it was something else, and that we're misreading it. And sometimes, in fairness, if one person sees something and says, "I think he said this," until you've got another alternative that looks plausible, it's difficult to see anything else. So I'll, I'll say that in, in his support, in that I, you know, I don't know, I don't know, and I'm not going to go into the speculation. The parts that we do know is the gesture, the gesturing. Now, this has been involved in, a, in a, a a cross of words between Danny Stewart and Justin Hodgman. Like you guys have already said, Justin Hodgman's a guy who's who's been quite open in the press, very admirably open in the press about his mental health struggles. Now, regardless of what he says, take out any word that he says at all, the gesture. Um, essentially one finger moving in a circle at the side of his head which to me would be suggesting you're crazy that kind of thing, that is the kind of gesture you'd give someone if you were saying "Oh, you're crazy, you're loopy, whatever you want to say is not anything that remotely should have been done to any player, but once you then add it up to being with a player that's been so open about his mental health, it doesn't look good, whether that's the intent or not and that's the key thing here. There's a difference between intention and perception. And perception is everything in this situation. It doesn't matter if that was what he meant it to be. This is what it appeared like. And he, in that, Danny Stewart is responsible for making that action in that scenario and putting himself in that position. And that's what I think a lot of commentary fans are ignoring at the moment when they're arguing against this suspension. If you're a commentary fan, feel free to tweet us messages let us know that you disagree for me it's irrelevant what his intention was the circumstance and it may be a complete coincidence but the circumstance is an issue we spoke about something similar to this i'm not going to lose it too much gents because we, we didn't like talking it at the time in the echl with uh, with pk suban's brother there was a racist gesture against pk suban's brother And the racist gesture at the time appeared that somebody was making like a monkey gesture to him. When he came out in the press, the explanation from him and his teammates was that he was making a muscle man gesture, kind of similar to what we've seen Tom Wilson do in the past. And at the time, I believe all of our comments were it's irrelevant that that's what he was trying to do in that scenario. He should have known better not to do it. And he should have been able to see how that may have been perceived. And it's exactly the same and I'm not trying to tie the two together, It's exactly the same in this scenario. Danny Stewart should have known better than to make that gesture in that scenario, and that's the problem. And that in itself is worthy of a suspension. To me, the league have dropped the ball on this hugely, because they either had to give him no ban at all, in which they're acknowledging they don't think he's done anything wrong, or they had to give him a hefty ban. Because in giving him a ban, they've acknowledged he's done something wrong. So actually, what that one-game ban says at the moment is, this league does not take mental health seriously. That's that's how that comes across. It's not good, I don't want to say it, but that's how that comes across. If we're acknowledging that's what he's done, there's no video, there's no explanation, anything, and I presume that's exactly the reason. If anybody does a bit of research, that says this league does not take mental health seriously, and that isn't what we want to see. I'm going to presume that they've taken the footage from the Steelers and I'm going to presume that they've isolated the audio if there was any available. So, like I say, I'm not going to touch in terms of what was said because we don't know for certain and I, I don't want to go down. That's, that is a rabbit hole um, that we can go down. And I, I, I don't even say that as a joke. That is a rabbit hole we could go down if we're going to start speculating on what's been said. But what we can say is the objective facts of what we can see. And that's the biggest problem. Um, and then you come to the actual... Like I say, I mean, I, I think I've stolen the phrase from Spitting Chickens, but I, I can't think of a better phrase right now than the dumpster fire that is the way that commentary have, have responded to this. Um, so obviously, you guys have you, you mentioned about the issues with, with, with Carter in the tunnel. Um, and basically, the principle is that Danny Stewart has had a rather aggressive confrontation with Carter in the tunnel, um, in which I believe one of the things that was speculated in the Star was he said, "I'm going to, I'm going to beat the bleeping bleep out of you." We'll say that. We'll keep it family friendly. Um, not good. Not a good view. And I, I am, in, I'm in agreement with you guys in terms of the language. I don't care if, if you complain about the language. Grow up and, and get some serious reality check and get some serious expectation about what you think of a pro sporting event Um, because I can guarantee you if you were watching that game and a similar thing happened in one of our games, the language would have been a lot worse. (laughs) At the end of the day, if you go to watch a hockey game, you think you're going to be able to see a hockey coach either in the 15-minute break between the first and second the second and third, or the half an hour that ensues after the game in confrontations and conversations and whatever else that generally aren't for general people's ears. That's that's the whole point of this. It's not like he stood in the middle of the ice with a microphone and said it. This wasn't supposed to be in front of people. The fact that there were people present is unfortunate, but that can't be reflected back on Danny Stewart. And the fact that he's swearing I'm sorry, it's a fact of life. And in that scenario in particular, can anybody imagine this if there was no swearing? Do you know? It looked like some kind of, I don't know, British people life gift that you'd see some Americans like draw up. Do you know what I mean? Like I just, I, I don't know. It, it isn't, it, it'd never work. And that's the whole point. It's, you know, the, the point, the problem for me is the confrontation. And the problem for me actually is the threat. Um, you've seen before that the confrontations off the ice in hockey, then escalate into a criminal offence. It's happened once in the NHL, I think, where a few players from the team actually ended up fighting off the ice. Um, if you boil it down, if you boil it down to, it, to its actual fact, Danny Stewart saying, I'm going to beat the blank, blank, out of you, is technically assault, And it's not on the ice. So if, if Carter wanted to take that further, and there was footage of it, he'd be well within his right to do that. So to me, they'd be worthy of a fine just for the scenario. Realistically, it's still in the sporting event. Realistically, it's happened. I don't think it's any particular downside on the league. I don't think it's any particular downside on Danny Stewart. It just It is what it is. The Blazers' response to this was to tweet, shock horror, Danny Stewart is a passionate hockey coach who deeply cares about his club and players. And that's why we wouldn't change him for the world. That did not age well. And also had to be screenshotted because they swiftly deleted it once further events came to light. So, you turn on that one. Uh, Not well played. But, you know, okay, Coventry, we move on. Uh, Actually, no, we don't. Because then this video appears... Andy, like you've said, you can have a look through it, you can see what you think in terms of what he says. I'll read through certain bits of the club statement, but pretty much the Blaze statement was to cover the the mental health aspect of it. Um, They've said, as a club, the Blaze are mindful, aware and fully considerate of the impacts of mental health on individuals. During his time in charge, Danny has proactively supported and sought help for several individuals dealing with mental health issues. This is also extended to members of his family. This has included hiring a mindfulness expert and working with doctors and healthcare professionals, amongst other things, to ensure the well-being of players and on-ice staff. In the video posted online, Danny clearly insinuates a gesture meaning mental health, and then he uses a common swear word, not the homophobic slur that has been presupposed. So there you go, that's the word that we're all alluding to that no one wants to say. If you you can't work out what it is from there, we're not going to go any further into that for obvious reasons. Um, In regards to their mental health gesture, Danny was not, in capitals, in any way mocking or suggesting Hodgman's difficulties with mental health shouldn't be taken seriously. Instead, Danny was questioning how an individual who fully understands the impacts of anxiety and mental health issues could on two notable occasions, after scoring a goal in two games weeks apart, aim to belittle players with his actions, but more twice make a personal verbal attack on his, Danny's, appearance. Things are often said in the heat of the game, and Danny and the Blaze would like to apologise to Justin Hodgman and the Steelers for what happened and uh, sorry, for how what happened was perceived. But as outlined above, the meaning was not as has been pre assumed. am not going into the because the rest of it's about the tunnel and swearing, I don't care about that. In fairness to me on on that, the first start of that article says Well he can't have been taking a mick out of him for mental health because he's done work with mental health experts in the past. Well, that's okay then. That, that doesn't excuse it, that doesn't say that's not what he was doing That doesn't mean it's okay for him to do what he's done that, the, the, the two don't correlate in the slightest There's no relevance to that um, Great, he's proactively supported and sought help for individuals Great, he's hired a, mental, uh, a mindfulness expert Working with doctors and healthcare professionals To help the well-being of players Fantastic Don't think any of us are going to even try and belittle that, that effort Brilliant That's fantastic that he's tried to do that. That doesn't give him the right to suddenly go out and do what he's done. We'll say, for a start, we don't know the other side. Now, I'm going to presume that the the comments made against Danny, as they say, about about appearance were made in the previous game against Coventry, um, when he scored a goal, and then, obviously, when he scored a goal in the game on Sunday he can only presume what he said if you, if you look at Danny Stewart there are obvious factors that, that, that I can imagine he would have pulled out in, in a comment and again I'm not going to point that out but again that doesn't justify it and this is, this is the problem there's a hell of a lot of trying to justify something that can't be justified and they've quite openly said that they can see him making a gesture meaning mental health as soon as they've said that they've, they've acknowledged that he's done something wrong And the fact that they can't even say we acknowledge that in this scenario Danny shouldn't have done this, they've not even said that. They've literally just said the the best attempt at an apology was we'd like to apologise to Justin Hodgman and the Steelers for what happened and how it was perceived. But as outlined above, the meaning was not as it's been pre-assumed. So actually they're saying, well, we're sorry that it looked like that, but actually no, it wasn't. It just doesn't sit well with me. and I agree with you guys that the ban from the league's laughable. Like I've said, it just suggests that the league aren't taking mental health seriously. What the league needs to do to bounce back from this, I can't imagine they're going to change the ban. I don't know what you guys think. I actually don't want them to change the ban because in addition to everything else, it makes just as much of a mockery for them to then come out again and go, oh, actually we've got this wrong because people have complained on Twitter. Draw a line under that. Do some mental health awareness stuff. We've got us weeks for everything. Whether that's you know, we've got as hockey is for everyone we've got Remembrance Day we've got you know, Christmas jerseys being done the Steelers currently are doing a um, a jersey in support of uh, well I think the money's going in support of Ukraine you have a lot of these kind of weeks where jerseys are done, awareness is raised about certain issues why the hell the league haven't already done a mental health one, I don't know um, but I just can't get over the scenario and like we say boys the the circumstance is key, and it might be a huge coincidence that this was all directed at Justin Hodgman. It genuinely might, and I have no issues with that. A lot of the commentary fans are trying to say he was saying he was being a hypocrite. That isn't as a gesture to say you're a hypocrite. No. So, I, I don't know. I just think serious, serious issues here, and if you're trying to justify it, just try and take a step back and just look at the fact that, regardless of what he meant, and like I say, I'm not about to try and character assassinate Danny Stewart. He's been in this league for a long time. There's never been an issue like this before. I have no doubt that that wasn't the intention. You've got to see the
1: inappropriateness of it. To so them that are saying <clears throat> you were calling him hypocrite, why didn't and again, this is all, it's an assumption-based response to that, because I saw them, them as well, Joe. Why didn't Danny Stewart say, you're an Sleeping hypocrite. Yeah. Which is the type of sentence, that you know, type of line that is used, change hypocrite, but you're in a beat, beat, whatever. It's a scenario. Yeah. Used, and used many times on benches by, by coaches in the heat of the battle. So I'm struggling to, to see, buy that one from, as a defense from the country fans, I'm sorry. But yeah, it, you know, what you're saying there is spot on the inappropriateness of how it all pans out is crucial to the understanding of this. It's not about being soft enough, it's just the whole, we all all say this, we're all good for that, we all, Coventry will do the bells, let's talk a day, see the bigger picture, see what it actually looks like, see what it shows, see, you know, I, I can't see a positive take on what what's been done by him.
0: The best thing for them to have done by now would have been to actually post a, a video or an audio clip from Danny Stewart, actually just holding his hands up and say, even if he just turned around and said, that wasn't my intention, but I appreciate that's how it's been perceived, and I can only apologise for that. It was a coincidence in terms of the situation, but <laughs> if I hold my hands up, it's a learning curve, won't happen again, and I apologise to Hodgman for it as well. That's all he needed to say. But it's the fact that this, this... this I want to a better word, half assed statement from Coventry, which part of me wants to say fair play to Coventry for, for sticking up for their off-ice staff, but at the same time, I'm kind of like, you've just got to realise there that he's dropped the ball. And actually, an apology from him directly would have put a lot of this to bed. <laughs> so, I, I, I don't know. I mean, the, the, the official line from the league is the EIHL's own disciplinary committee which deals with issues that fall outside of the scope of the Department of Player Safety, took time to assess the reports from Sunday's game and came to its final decision on Wednesday morning. At this point, they did not feel it was appropriate to spend a head coach on the morning his team had a game without prior warning. I've seen arguments about this, some people saying it's a suspension, it's not supposed to be convenient to them, and I think people that are saying that aren't appreciating that there's a difference between a head coach and a a player. And for me, you have to have somebody on the bench. And in telling Coventry on Wednesday morning, Wednesday morning could mean anything. That could be quarter-twelve. That could give them you know, little time to arrange somebody else to be on the bench for that game. Um, now, if it's a player, fully agree, it has to be before the game. Coach really suffered out on much. He's still getting his ban. Does it matter if it wasn't yesterday? I don't know what you boys think. I, I, I know Dave. I think you said about it. I can't. I can't remember if Andy and Gref have much about the, uh, the holding up after the game on Wednesday. So uh, let, let us know what you think, guys.
3: I think it's perfectly fine. I mean, like you've mentioned, it's not a player, so I can't really be doing much about it. Especially say like they phoned. Skyped commentary at, like, what, one o'clock in the afternoon? Oh, yeah, we've actually... You being banned. It's like, that gives them, what, five, six hours to go. Oh, actually, yeah, we're going to need to find try and find a coach now. Yeah. Who's actually got the qualifications that can actually step up and go on there? Because I'm pretty sure you're going to have to have a, a certain degree of coaching level. I know in... EHL, it's a level two coaching badge that you need. How, it's like, yeah, it doesn't give them much time. This one, like, yep, you know it's going to happen. You've got plenty of time to get someone, even if it's just your assistant coach, fair enough. But he's not going to be there. He's not going to be on the bench anyway it'll be in one of the booths. Probably with an piece or maybe. Who knows?
5: Well, for, firstly, one thing that still baffles me is why uh, he chose to target Carter, who uh, really does step quite far behind Fox. Uh, you know, Fox, of course, being the head coach, he, he gets all the, all the praise, all the mentions, uh, but I have felt bad a bit for Carter because I I think he is a very important piece of Steel's jigsaw, but a lot of time he's not really mentioned. I think as much as what he should be doing, and getting all the credit that that he should be owed. So that's one thing. And then obviously for uh, Stuart to say he's is a, a bleeper nobody, you know, if that was me, I'd I'd <laughs> I'd feel really really crap about myself. If that was me. So I don't understand why he decided to, to target Carter. Um, secondly, on the whole, I'm um, you know, trying to find a coach to replace him. It's, uh, there's no need because Dale Keane or, or Kino is a fantastic coach. He is an assistant coach, but he's had a lot of time uh, in, in the lower leagues coaching. Uh, he does most of the tactical things for Coventry. Uh, he's done a lot of things for Best of British as well that, that I've, I've been, you know. It, that has just been amazing to be a part of. Him the uh, coaching has doing other tactical sides. He has a fantastic hockey mind. And I don't see why they would bring anyone in to, to replace Stuart when you got someone like Keno there. I think he's he, he's got the capacity and, and the knowledge to to even be a head coach. Um so I I'm I don't understand why he's just just an assistant and, and not a head coach because I think he really has got the potential uh, to be a coach in the, in, in the Elite League. He's got all the knowledge, he's got all the all, all the strategical stuff, He's he's got it. So I think he's going to fill in permanently for, for the next game fantastically, to be honest with you, so there's no need to bring anywhere, anybody else in for that. Do you agree on it not being
0: on the being suspended to the Saturday game?
5: Um... Like I said, I don't think one game is particularly really enough. I'd, I'd say two games. I think that's my opinion, anyway. Um, I'd say five plus, mate. To be honest, that say five. Yeah, be saying five plus. I would. I would say the same as that. It's just obviously everyone has, you know, different opinions. Even the league does about yeah, yeah. it. Oh yeah. So it's um. It's especially when you're handing out two game bans for. Checks to the heads and dangerous hits. You know, it's it's like, what is it this week? So, yeah, <laughs> I'd agree with you. But obviously, knowing the, knowing the elite league that they have, all the, dops have got no knowledge of what's serious and what isn't, and they're just letting so much go for less than what it should be doing. So just following just following a common trend, you know one game for this is far, far below what it should be, 100%, especially for the physical threats. And I want to make it clear as well, you know, it doesn't matter if it was Stewart, if it was Keith, if it was Fox, if it was Sims in the past, which, to be honest with you, I, I don't think enough has been done to, you know, about his comments in the past. But I think it be something that, should, that, especially in 2022, should be taken a lot more seriously, especially by... A league that doesn't want to be this development league, you know, wants to have these players of a great standard. But you're not going to have that if you're just gonna if you're not if you're not going to punish the things that really are serious. And that's just going to open the floodgates for even worse to happen because you're not you're not policing it enough. You're not not giving the right. Um, the right incentive to say that you know what this is not allowed, we're not tolerating it. This is what you're getting, and for it to be substantial enough to actually mean something, and that, that and that is a big, big fault in this league.
0: I uh, I fully agree, mate. I'm gonna loop you back round to the question, <laughs> which was, do you agree that they did, that they suspended the suspension to allow him to coach yesterday? I'm not asking if you agree. I, I'm fully on board with what you're saying, mate. I'm, but specifically, yeah. just in terms of the ban, do you agree? Because we've also like, I, I asked because it sounds more like when you said about Kino and, and his ability of coaching. Obviously, that gives them someone else to fill in. So, obviously, from, from my perspective and from what Greth and Dave said, I think we're all kind of the opinion of, I think in terms of him being a head coach, it's a bit different than taking out a player. But obviously, like you've said, if Keno's got the ability, do you think they should have said, we'll suspend him now, tonight? Or do you think it was right for them to go, actually, we're only giving him sub 12 hours of
5: notice, we'll, we'll suspend it to the weekend? I tried to swerve that just so I could think about it, and having, <laughs> having thought about that? it, yeah, that? having thought about it more, I, I think it's ridiculous. Like I said, you know, ha- having Kino there is good enough for Coventry for it that- not to be an excuse to not have him coach last night. There was no way he should have coached that game. Absolutely no way. If you're going to hand out a ban, it's always usually the next game that they're playing. No matter what, it's the next game. But they've also usually got more time to to review it. I, I'd,
0: I've never seen one where they've reviewed it to the extent that the decision's only been made 12 hours before face-off. I think that's, that's the only reason for me. I, I appreciate the ability of Keynote, but in my, I say everyone entitled to a different opinion. I think this is the best thing, in fairness, is we often agree with things, boys. In fairness, I'm trying to capitalise on the fact that we've got a scenario that we disagree on. For me, it's a case of more the of time for commentary. I appreciate what he said, and I appreciate it's a ban, and I, I kind of agree in that aspect that a ban is a ban but at the same time losing a head coach, regardless of how capable the assistant coach is. I have no doubt if we lost Aaron Fox that Carter could do a, a perfectly good job coaching the team. But I still wouldn't want to lose Aaron Fox six hours before a face-off. And I think that's the only thing for me, is it's that timescale. If they'd have made the decision on Tuesday, banning for the Wednesday game, no problem. But I don't actually think it's diminished his ban by saying, we've only told him Wednesday morning, so we'll let him have it on Saturday instead. But I just say different opinions. I'm, I say I'm more trying to capitalize on the fact that we differ in opinion. For
5: I think, in a world where where we've had COVID, and obviously if if you've tested positive before, again the reality is you can't be a part of that at all. You've got to stay home. So I think it should be taken in a similar way as as to that. Obviously, the two are completely different. But now it it doesn't matter. In this scenario, I've covered 19. It doesn't matter if it's, if it's an hour or two before a game. I think if that's the decision, you know, you stay at home because most teams now have an assistant coach that can step up in case something does happen. So I don't see why there should be any excuse why he couldn't uh, or why he um, couldn't take part in that game because of the suspension being released then. And that's just how I see it. Fair enough. Um, anything else on that one? Obviously, we've got further
0: things to discuss with Coventry, but in terms of Danny Stewart, are we happy to put that one to bed? Um, <laughs> no. in fairness, we say that I've seen nodding heads, so we'll move on. Um, just when you think Coventry uh, have grabbed enough of the headlines to date, you then see... Actually, the first thing I saw was actually Manchester's tweet. I didn't, I didn't see Coventry's tweet at all. So Coventry tweeted at 10 a.m. on the 1st of March fixture date change. Our home game versus Manchester Storm, scheduled for Wednesday the 16th of March at Skydome Arena, has been moved to Saturday the 19th of March, 7pm. Relatively run-of-the-mill tweet. No second thoughts about that one. Until you see the Manchester Storm then tweet at 1.38pm on the same day. Early this morning, it was announced by Coventry Blaze that an away fixture had been rescheduled from Wednesday, March 16th to Saturday, March 19th. This was not agreed with Manchester Storm Club management, and we will be fulfilling the original fixture on Wednesday, March 16th, 2022. Um, so just when you think Coventry can't have screwed up in terms of a PR approach anymore, um, this happens uh, and before I throw it over to you guys, I will just highlight really quite an amusing tweet that I saw about that, which was that the Elite League are going to scrap the next fixtures meeting and just let Coventry Blaze decide all of the fixtures for next season. Did make me laugh. Uh, but I'll throw it out to you guys. Uh, see what you make of this one. When
3: I first saw it, well, saw Coventry's tweet, I was like, oh, OK, well, that means we're going to have three games that weekend. Fair enough. I mean, it wasn't really going to affect me because I wouldn't have been going to it anyway as we've got a tournament on that day for the nights. So I was like, I was like, okay, that's fine. Didn't think anything of it. And then when I saw our tweet, saying, oh yeah, this isn't correct. We've not agreed to that. It was like, Oh wow. This just adds to the ever growing list of such a car crash of a week for them on social media. And then seeing everyone else's tweets and I'm just there sat there reading them, laughing. The tweet that you mentioned before and I saw that one, I laughed and thought, yes, spot on that. Going after what they've posted there's been since that one there's been nothing since being posted, so it's like okay so we actually asked it came to the Wednesday one or I saw finally agreed Saturday which one because obviously some people are probably gonna be well, from Manchester's point of view travel down may even stay over to Saturday night if it if it goes ahead. Considering we play him on the Friday night as well. But then again, I see it from obviously from our point of view. Do we want to play three games in a row this late into the season? I think we'll we probably try not to. Keep the bodies healthy. Got a playoff push to go for. So maybe we've got somewhat booked in for a Saturday where it's getting all the players together to team bonding or something in the gym or something to get the bodies going for the next day because obviously on the Sunday we play Belfast at home. So obviously that's not going to be a great game. Obviously you guys are going to want to be hoping it's a great game for ourselves because it helps you in the title run. It helps us the playoffs. Obviously, they're gonna wanna win playoffs for their hopefully their title run as well. So seeing that come up, I was kinda laughing a fair fair bit you could say. Mainly just like tweets though from people on social media, because that's one of the good times where social media was actually quite funner most of the tweets. Some of the tweets were like, oh, you should have done this behind closed doors. It's like, well, no, not really. They've posted information where it's false, it's inaccurate. They stopped people from spending their money on getting, what, a train journey down to commentary, booking a hotel, maybe. There's money spent. Say so you do that on a non-refundable ticket, non-refundable hotel. That's money spent on what could have been saved, especially if they're going to they're going to go to playoffs. Which, if you are fair play, we'll come to that discussion later on. It's just hilarious. I don't think their social media was run very well this week. (laughs) And the understatement of the week award
2: goes to... Me.
0: Gref, just before we throw it out to everybody else, I've got to say you mentioned the tweet which was sorted out behind closed doors. One of the responses to one of those tweets was, anyone know how to cancel a bid on eBay? I placed a bid in a cowboy outfit and now I'm ten minutes away from owning the EIHL. (laughs) (laughs) That's
3: brilliant
1: just missing beer league off that and that would have been the perfect description as it kind of is the wording nowadays
0: very much so very much so That's... I throw it out as he used to Gref Gref's had his say on it now I think Gref was probably going to say the most on it because it involved Manchester to be fair we're probably just going to laugh at it a little bit so
1: <laughs> there's nothing more to add it was amusing it was entertainment for everybody else apart from the two clubs involved, uh, from a chef's perspective, it was actually nice that it was someone else who um, made a faux pas, uh, than just ourselves. We like to do that. Um, yeah, I have to say, I agree. So, um, yeah, <clears throat> we was the kermit's drinking green tea, thinking none of our business, and just laughing um, <laughs> at great length here. So, uh, thank you, Manchester and Coventry. Um, you don't deserve cake, but at least you tried. Um, yeah. Nice things. That's what you don't deserve.
3: I believe oh. we deserve cake. No, we didn't don't. make them, we did we, no, we did no, not you. make the mess up.
1: No you don't.
3: No you don't. I want you
1: may, cake you, though. You may have not lost marks on there, but there's plenty of other areas where you lose marks, mate. But uh, okay. it was it was a car crash, wasn't it?
5: Hundred per cent. Is he just me or are rearrangements or fixtures supposed to take place between both teams and not just one? Decided. I oh, know. I want this on this day and that's that. Now, rumor has it, Coventry were actually then going to go to
0: the league and say Manchester did turn up for this unarranged fixture. Can we have the points, please?
5: So <laughs> that's that, how Coventry are going to make the New plan to take over the league. <laughs> <laughs> could you could you imagine if they just if if, if just if that went ahead? Obviously the. Uh, Manchester wouldn't, wouldn't have turned up. And it just happened to be, you know what, let's have an inter-team scream because we've got no one to play against. I could just totally imagine that scenario. That would be so, so funny. Um, yeah. And we thought Sheffield's media was bad. Coventry just went, you know what, hold my bear, hold my bear, and I'm going to show you what bad really is. And that was just an absolute gong show in capital block letters. Uh He <laughs> just he just don't expect any other team than Steelers just to do that sort of thing and it was just so surprising that someone else would do it and it's just wow, that's all I can really say. Um yeah, just a just a big
2: big weird thing. <laughs>
3: I don't think we actually expect this to come from commentary as well, because in the past, we've actually said fair play to you, well done, unlike the announcements, just player signings. So you think, okay, one of them, okay, fair enough, everyone makes a mistake. There's another one. There's another one. There's another one. Am I going to get a full house here?
0: Do we think this fixture, date change faux pas was actually a really shrewd move by Coventry to try and and take some of the attention off Danny Stewart? I I could quite easily see it being that, to be fair. They've gone, right, guys, we need to do something that's going to stop everybody from talking about this. I know what we'll do. Um, I I just cannot get my head around this at all. Andy, like you say, I mean, Phoenix just, just... to say fixtures should be arranged between the two teams is just, just seems like the most obvious thing, and yet here we are, to, like, looking at these two tweets, like, what is going on? I feel like the next time round it's going to be like the game in Mighty Ducks 3 where they play at the ice at 5am in the morning because they couldn't get a fixture arranged. Like, what on earth has gone on here? Um, I don't agree with the uh, with the... Complaints about Manchester tweeting out I agree that it's not a good look for the league But it's not really Manchester's problem is it I mean in fairness Manchester probably just wanted to make sure their fans Actually turned up to the right game And didn't go for a random Sunny Saturday in commentary Um I, I, There's not really much more to say is it? <laughs> It's just Sum up a bad week for the commentary blaze And there we go It's just, just done perfectly in picture form If you've got screenshots like what on earth Um we like to. I like to pick up faux pas and, and misspellings. There are a hell of a lot of them that we see on Steelers social media. Um, another one that just made me laugh whilst we're on the whilst we're on the topic of picking out faux pas on social media. Five flyers in the game on Wednesday against the Steelers. Uh, goal from Brendan McGee, and uh, they tweet goal. A quick wrist shot from Barbadian McGee finds its way past Ross and the Sheffield Met. Oh, I was just another one of those amusing ones that goes up there with Diane Todd and Brenda uh, Brenda Mickelson. I mean, we've got we've got that, and we've now got Barbadian McGee, and also apparently social media pe- people's like autocorrect does not like the name Brendan. Apparently,
1: although a good one, not just in the elite league, but the IIHF today we're updating all their events. Um, picture of the Alborg Pirates, but the caption is the Alborg Panthers. So it's not just a UK hockey thing. It's obviously it's a it's a worldwide thing. If
0: Captain Ding Dong becomes pause, I'm going to be very disappointed. <laughs> I
5: think we
3: all are.
5: <laughs> um, just back on the Coventry um, situation, it's like it's, it's, it's like waiting for a bus round end. You're waiting for just one thing to come, and then three balls ups just come round at once. It, it's amazing. It's very true.
0: It is very true. Um, I do have to say, gents, I think I think we need to draw a line at this commentary thing now because right now I've just got that gif from the Simpsons which is just stopped. It's all, they're already dead. I think that's kind of like the gif that I've got in my head right now. So um, we'll move on from that, boys, unless anybody's got anything else they do want to add. I'm seeing shaking heads. The next thing is not necessarily the nicest thing to talk about. We... Um, didn't really speak about it last week because it was all kind of very new um we're not really going to speak about the political side of it now obviously it would be remiss of us to to not mention anything about this obviously there's the situation currently going on at the moment between russia and the ukraine um obviously like i say we're not going to go into the politics side of it we are going to say that um you know we hope that everybody within the ukraine uh, can stay as safe as possible that everybody's okay and that our wishes go out to them uh, it's not a nice thing to be watching from afar um, So Well not that afar actually but You know as I say Our well wishes go out to them um, We are going to discuss the impacts That that's going to have on sport Because obviously part of the, uh, the Response to that that's been had is a lot of Russian players have been stopped from playing Russia's been removed from international tournaments uh, Belarus has been removed from national Tournaments so we're not going to go down A political route however uh, we will go briefly into the impact on the sporting kind of route. So I'll throw that straight over to you guys.
1: So, so, yeah. As Joe mentioned, um, <clears throat> after the, so it's important to kind of give the time after the, the international Olympic committee said, um, that sports government should remove, uh, club and international level of Russian and Belarusian teams, which is a monumental thing for the IOC to come out with. Yeah. um, you start seeing big organisations, FIFA, UEFA, um, do the same, and the WHF have done the exact same. Um, so, the removal of Russia or the Russian Olympic Committee and Belarus from this year's World Championships in Finland. They've also or they've also taken off Russia the hosting rights to the World Junior Championships next year. They haven't taken off the senior. World Championships, yet. Um, I suspect they're hoping that things calm down and, you know, use as a uniting front type thing, which is plausible in a sporting context. Um, so that's happened internationally, domestic-wise. I'm going to be honest, I'm a bit peed off. It could have, you know, it kind of impact Sheffield slightly, and I'll, I'll explain why. Um, obviously H.E. Gommel knocked Sheffield out of the Continental Cup and they were going to go to the Continental Cup final which is this weekend they've been taken out which has meant that the Continental Cup final is a three game um, event which we'll discuss obviously more in detail later on uh, when we come into that section um, and it, even the computer games are doing it NHL 22 have taken Russia and Belarus out of the game uh, out of the um, you can't use them as, as kind of thing um, and I know that Hockey Canada have cancelled the Canada-Russia Summit Series. I can't remember if it's called the Summit Series or something like that. They've had an annual contest between juniors from Canada and Russia. Uh, that's been cancelled um, uh, henceforth. I know obviously in the KHL, which is the it's the, it's predominantly the Russian, but it's a continental hockey league. Uh, Jokovic, who were in the playoffs, pulled out. Um and rumors are they are pulling out completely from the KHL and will attempt to return to the SM Liga. Uh D'Animo Riga have definitely pulled out the KHL um in response. Um and will return to the, the top league in, in Latvia. A number of players have left their Russian based teams, um, due to what well, everything that's happened. Um it's very easy. It's, a lot of people say don't mix politics with sports, and I know we're not going down the politics side but you, you kinda can't you kinda you can't avoid it. it. You know, the the international governing bodies have, have started to speak. and know F one's uh, I know you can say more that joke, because you obviously you, you watch F one more than I think all of us. But I know they've done something in terms of the Russian Grand Prix. Yeah, they've um, actually
0: the Grand Prix they've now cancelled the contract for all future Russian Grand Prix as well as far as I'm aware.
1: Yes, so you know, we have a lot of um government bodies starting to to in essence have their say and start and acting. And I know that Russia, the WHF are have been appealed, uh the Court of arbitration of sports by Russia hockey. Um they've also done the same with FIFA, same the same court to appeal, them being removed because obviously that from a football perspective is there's the, the football World Cup this year. So that's that impact on that one. Um, that is discriminatory
0: and contrary to the sport, was their appeal for the uh, for the hockey, at least. I don't know about the FIFA side, but...
1: It'll, be, it'll probably be similar. Um, they'll probably be trying to sing from the same hymn sheet. Um, it, it's, it's, it's impact. I say it's having the huge the huge impact that it's having, and... I know Sheffield um, are doing this week where they're doing a lot of uh, a big, big fundraiser in terms of trying to for an organization, which they've announced they've, they've been up front and, and open that. And I, I suspect that other teams will attempt to do the same um, to try and help out as much as they can do, um, which is, I think it's good. It's, it's good that even though you can't physically do something over in the UK, you do as much as you can do. Um, I I suspect it won't be the last we hear of of teams and countries um, being removed um, from international tournaments, especially ice hockey, because ice hockey is the big one for both uh, Russia and Belarus. Um, they, They do love their hockey. So losing the juniors is bad. Imagine if they lose the seniors. That, that would be real. that would be a real impact um as bizarre as that may be but from uh, what they 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 enjoy especially as, what it is their national sports be a big thing if that was taken from them so it's a lot of watch this space um and yeah it impacts you know the players and it's not their fault but with everything that's happening, it, it's, it's, the, it's the decisions that's been made.
3: You mentioned they've been removed from NHL twenty two. They've EA have also come out and said the Russian national team has been removed it's being removed from FIFA twenty two as well as the just their national their clubs over there, their football clubs over there, they're also being removed from FIFA twenty two. I suspect other sporting games that have both National teams are just, their clubs themselves are being removed. It's, for one, I was, obviously when it first happened, I was like, good. For the World Championship coming up, I was like, good. That's, from my point of view, yeah, it's fine. It's going the same way as everywhere else in the sporting world. And then the other one, I was like, "Oh, that doesn't—that means we don't get to see the famous Belarusian player Danny Taylor." You know, such a Belarusian player. And obviously, it's good to see that they've been removed from the rights of hosting it, the World Juniors. You see, in people comment about that, saying. The juniors haven't had anything to do with this. Neither of probably 70% of the hockey players either, but you can't really expect to do something again. That's what what most of the world are thinking is wrong and get away with it without any consequences. I wouldn't be surprised if The world champs, the men's world champs, for next year that are in St. Petersburg. If that gets taken off them, and if so, pretty sure the rumor was that we saw a line was to go to Switzerland because they lost out with twenty twenty. In one way, from a GB point of view, kind of hope it is there, but also kind of not. The nut part is my bank account. This year is already going to be a big one for me in terms of that Next year, even more so. Cause we'll myself and Dave are going to the World Cup, so it's for me personally. I think, yeah, I I agree with everything that's going on. The one stance I didn't actually. Well, I didn't like it at the time, but obviously they backtracked and got, I got, actually know, you're just not doing it full stop. Was FIFA tried to go down the Olympic route and say, you can play, but not under your actual flag? It's like we've already mentioned numerous times, just conversations between us. Can't really see that as much of a, much of a, much of a like, oh yeah, you've done something bad. But you can still carry on doing it. It's like, come on, really? So I'm, from for how it goes, fair play to double HF for actually doing it, doing it correctly, going off what the IOC have asked pretty much most people to do, or most sports to do.
2: Fair play.
5: Yeah, there's it's been decisions being uh, changed or made every day. I mean, yesterday we heard about uh, the Olympic Committee. Uh, first, they said that um, Russian or Belarusian athletes can compete, but under the Olympic banner, they have recently changed that, saying that no Russian or Belarusian uh, Olympic athlete can attend at all. So, they've, most of them have already been um, staying in in China for, for a few days and now they're basically being told to go home. So it shows, you know, that one man's actions, you know, really does affect the rest the rest of his people, the rest of the people in that country. And it's not just sports, we've seen it. I've I've seen it a few days ago as was one of the news that um there was supposed to be a, a Russian ballet performance in London in the next few days. That's been cancelled. Uh, because of what's going on. Uh, in Italy there was supposed to be uh some sort of uh, uh opera um one of the um what the call my mind's gone. Um just much I can't think today. the composer, that's him. Uh he was a Russian composer. He's he's basically been told that uh he can't be a part of that performance as well. So it's not just in sports we're seeing it, we've seen it everywhere
0: yeah I think um, you know, we've, we've covered it pretty well, boys, in terms of the situation and the effect on the, on the sporting world. Um, it' be interesting to see if the, uh, if the NHL follows suit in terms of, of, of Russian players not being allowed to take part uh, I know it's a bit of a gray area because a lot of the Russian players are at least eligible for uh, for American nationality now, but um, you know in terms of the league you look at. Obviously, the most influential Russian player at the moment is obviously Alex Ovechkin. Um, You know, there's a number of them at the moment in the league in terms of uh, what we mentioned earlier, Nikita Kucherov, Andrei Vasilevsky. Um, There's there's a lot of Russian players, obviously, within the league, uh, and it'll be interesting to see if the NHL follows suit in terms of not allowing the Russian players to take part or or how that's going to move forward. But... um, Bringing it back domestically, it doesn't really have any effect um, on our league uh, as a a whole at the moment. Obviously, I don't think we have any Russian players in the league at all at the moment, or any Belarusian players, so obviously in terms of our domestic league, it shouldn't have any effect in terms of how that's been run. Um, But swinging it back, obviously, to what's been done, I imagine that a lot of teams are going to be doing a similar thing to... Uh, what the Steelers are doing. I don't know if any teams have already announced it. I've only seen it from our perspective, just coming from our social media. Obviously, running jerseys, um, proceeds to uh, you know to help out the Ukraine. It's a great move, and I think a lot of teams should follow suit. So obviously, there's been some teams, I think Fife was one of them. I don't know if Glasgow was another that played the Ukrainian National Anthem instead of the British National Anthem at the, um, at the games over the weekend and across the last week. So, we'll see how it follows soup gents but uh but yeah we'll draw a line under that there boys i don't, I don't want to go too far into this so um obviously like i've said already uh it goes without saying but you know our, our thoughts are with with those that are suffering through this at the moment um i think we'll all agree that in terms of of proximity it is, it's far too close to home anyway it's scary to think that something like this is going on um Something two and a half, three hour flight from London and, and it get you to exactly where this is all going on so it's quite scary to think that's happening so close um, but not even anything remotely close to what I imagine is being experienced in the Ukraine at the moment so our thoughts go to them obviously we all hope that this can be resolved and that uh, you know, it comes to a quick resolution uh, and like I say, our thoughts in the meantime go out to everybody that's, that's caught up in this and that's affected in this
1: I said, 10 years ago, GB was there playing in Kiev at World Championships and actually was 14 minutes away from actually getting promoted to the World Championships um, at that tournament. But a lot of friends who were there, a lot of my friends and guest and friends who was at that tournament, loved the Kiev, was, it was a beautiful city. Uh, the people were you know, friendly and, you know, like I say, it's, it's a two or three hour flight away, It's it's too close. For comfort, you know, and we just hope, like you, know, like you said, it's all sorted, it's all resolved in the best possible manner.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That, absolutely. That, uh, gents, we're going to move straight on to the next thing on the agenda. I've got, um, obviously a couple of euro finals going on at the moment. We've kind of eagerly mentioned one of them, I think, in terms of the County Cup, so we'll go to that first. Um, and yeah. 4th to the 6th of March, this weekend, and I think that's where the irritation lies uh, that you alluded to earlier, Dave. The irritation, uh, if it had happened a later, um later, Steelers very well might have found themselves there. Would it be in this weekend? I can't imagine there was any scenario where that was going to get rearranged to have an extra team being added in. Obviously, the decision to remove Gommel has been made as a Belarusian team. Obviously, left a slot open. Um, I think, Dave, at one point, you were actually looking at hotels um, just to see, yep. if we get, just in case, um, but obviously it's not going to happen. It's uh, the proximity to it. If the if the County Cup final had been a couple of weeks later down the line, maybe we'd have found ourselves in that scenario. But 4th to the 6th of March, we've got Sarjaka uh, Karaganda uh, Kazakhstan, uh, Alborg Pirates from Denmark, and Krakowia Krakow from Poland uh, fighting it off for the Continental Cup final. Um, actually a group that I could actually see us doing a lot in, and I could have seen us taking the win if we'd have been able to get added to that, that lineup. So that's that's heavily disappointing. And also, we miss out on another trip to Alborg because we know how, how much we love that the last time. Captain Ding Dong, enough said. Um, yeah, it's it's, one,
1: it's bizarre. Well, it's, it's one game in a, a night, Um. Krakow versus uh, Sariaca on the Friday, Alborg, Krakow on the Saturday, and Alborg, Sariaca on the Sunday. Um, The winner um, gets a spot in the CHL. Um, Confirmed today that if Alborg and and Krakow win, they will, they've um, met the criteria to play in the CHL. If uh, Sariaca win the Conti Cup, whoever is ranked higher out of Alborg and Krakow, will get the CHL spot. San can't make the CHL due to the travelling time um, involved from going from kind of Western Central Europe to Kazakhstan, uh, given that you've got one game on Thursday and another game Saturday, so the travel time uh, would be quite um, extensive. But yeah, it is disappointing. However, there is some British involvement in the County Cup final. Not the right one, in my opinion, because it should be Sheffield. But that's a different argument for a different point. Um, we've got one of, the refs, one of the refs taking part. Liam Sewell is uh, going to be representing uh, the UK at the CONCACAF Cup final. Uh, so congratulations to him. Um, it's always good to see uh, a British ref uh, get one of the finals. Um, it just shows whether we, whether we like them or not as fans. You know, some of the refs, they know what they're doing because they won't get these gigs if they don't. So... Well done, Liam. Congratulations. Um, enjoy Alborg. Great to see. Great to see. Don't make go sure. to the Miocca bar. Yes, don't go to the Miocca
2: bar.
1: <laughs> or if you do, make sure your your Danish is on point. That's it, that's what that's the story for the live uh, episode. If you ever do one. Uh, but yeah, and I'm you, Joe. That's a group that I think Sheffield could win.
3: There is a good question here though. Gone. If we if Sheffield went were playing there and obviously those four went. Most likely Swifty as well. How are we for Conga lines? Knew that was gonna be about a conger line you.
1: Um I'm I'm not sure if Joe was signed off on the Conga line. Uh he may be alright. He may may have come off LTIR. Who knows?
0: I'm rescinding I could, the offer to stay at mine this weekend Now, will go after that I could, I
5: could just write in jar sign a form uh, Just as it starts so I can take part and then just joins in I don't think that guy got a lot I to do more crutches So He could have brought the crutches back I mean, you
0: know. that have, Yeah that would have been a good point actually Yeah <laughs> But uh, was yeah, those crutches with me everywhere—they got me through the security lines without even having to queue, mate. They're, they're going everywhere now. If you remember, like when we were in the County in wrong it did for me. Uh, so yeah, it's always handy to have them. Yeah, little... have be Belfast previously as well, and did yeah, yeah. Now.
1: I mean, it's a bit of a common theme, but you know, a little we, bit. We end up on crutches, so... Um, but yeah, uh, should so be We got good... in Salzburg. No, no, just the uh, the flip flop was destroyed. It's fine. Um, again, another story for a live one. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Host to win that. I'm going. Alborg Pirates to to steal the treasure and take the uh, the dinner plate. No, he's just... <laughs> it's me. It's gonna be one of you, and you all know it.
0: I was trying to find a way of referencing Captain
3: Ding Dong, to be honest. Well, oh, I was gonna say Captain Ding Dong is gonna find hidden treasure as a dinner plate. See you we'll get Captain Ding in
0: there. This is a family-friendly podcast, Griff. That, 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 it's not something you can say.
3: There's nothing family-friendly about Captain Ding Dong. <laughs> nothing is
4: actually.
0: <laughs> Letting the T's and the C's at the bottom. Any, ba- that any family-friendly nature base? will not be followed when, when involving Captain Ding Dong.
1: Has that split in the fan base Saw when we played alborg. <laughs> Yeah, what do, you, what do you guys reckon? Who do you reckon is going to win
3: out then, three? I reckon Aalborg, yeah.
5: I think Captain long to have one hand and one hook on that on that uh, buffet tray, so 100% Aalborg. Let's go, Pirates!
2: Let's go, Pirates! Um,
0: Yeah, if it's not clear, yeah, i would. with too, in fairness. I just realised I didn't actually say who I thought was going to win. But, um,
1: yeah, Alborg for me. I don't know if there's any streams available. Um, I don't think you need a VPN to watch them, if there is. Um, Have they confirmed what time zone the games are in? No, they haven't confirmed the time zone. Uh, I think we should endeavour, as a responsible podcast, to uh, post the social media streams, if there is any, and the time zones and we'll be as clear as, as possible as to what time zone and the, and the hour difference, or two hour difference it may be.
0: If, if anybody also wants that authentic Alborg feeling, um, as I'm sure Swifty does, if he's listening, um, just before the game, feel free to make yourself a hot dog, but don't slice the bun. Just have an unsliced roll and a solitary
5: sausage on the plate,
0: and that and you make a Danish hot dog.
5: My big question is Will the box stain still be there? Oh, no, no. Congratulations, it was. I'm just sort on, on the camera.
1: Let's not. <laughs> <laughs> if <It's because laughs> the card stain is no more, the
0: Arborg stain will be there. <laughs> I, I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> <laughs> if, um, if you are a fan of any of the teams heading out there, or you're just heading out there because you fancy a trip to Alborg, one thing that me and Gref can also vouch for is, do not buy the K-Circle hot dogs.
3: Times two.
0: Times two. Yeah. I think you more than me, mate, to be fair. Yep. Yeah. I'll go out to yeah. And also, I think was it called Spice, that kebab shop in the middle of Alborg. Oh, yeah. That kebab was awesome. Anyway, sorry. Hockey. It just means um, we're going to have to go back to Arbor next season, isn't it? You
1: know It just means we're going to have
5: to go back to Arbor next season, isn't it? I have no objections to that. We've What's got up? to see an arbor frederick Charbon game, 100%, just to see the fish being thrown on ice. I
0: like the way you say that, like it's like a t- we we have to see a fish being thrown on the ice. I, I, we won't see it over here, will yeah, it's Just I
1: don't know. We feel free like to to Costco. Uh, some, have you not seen what they're using for Chuck-A-Puck now?
0: In fairness, mate, if, if one of the Steelers fans says he has a particularly a particular affinity towards fish, they might have, start having fish thrown on the ice instead of Kit Kat's next. So, <laughs> watch this space. Good old trout thing, why not? No, it takes the Detroit catfish to a new scenario, doesn't
5: it? <laughs> 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 it Optimus,
0: <laughs> Is it Nashville where they threw a catfish? yeah detroit's
5: oh, yeah. the octopus. octopus wasn't it yeah as i said it. seattle's got one as well that's the octopus as well i'm not mistaken
0: oh, no because seattle can't have this tradition thing going no <laughs> they're trying
1: they're trying to mess with tradition and they don't have yeah yeah
0: get your own tradition start throwing i don't know hershey bars on the ice no don't no, that's a waste of hershey bars no it's fine you
1: can't your throw hershey
0: bars Fisherman's friends how much your <laughs> face scrunched up in disgust at the mention of Hershey bars? There, I don't like them. I, I, I know. I remember. Vile anyway, f- boys, hockey. hockey. I knew we've f- got something. Um, anything else on County Cup, gents So we happy to move on to the uh, the C H L. Um, and what I think we'll all agree, in fairness, was one of the most entertaining games uh, to watch on TV for quite a while, particularly of this uh of this sort. Um. Rogler uh, took the win against Tappara 2-1. Um, if you had a bet on, like myself and Dave did, uh, that is not the result that you were hoping for. Uh, that was primarily because I think the odds at one point were was it 18-2, something like that. 19-20? I got 11-1. Yep, if you'd have put, if, if I'd have put it on, a, not an overtime, it would have been 33-1. Uh, but at 2-0 at the end of the second period, I was like, yeah, I'm not going with that. We'll, we'll go including overtime. Uh, but yeah, 2-1 finish. Um, Daniel Zar getting uh, both goals for Rogler uh, and Valtteri Merala getting uh, getting the goal for Tappera. It was just a fantastic game. Was it? I mean, the physicality was there, the hits were there. It was very un-European in style in terms of the officiating. Just put the, the officials put the whistles away. They just let the game play. There was no real weak penalties in terms of you know there were a, quite a few hits where you actually watched it and thought that probably could have been. Good. It was just let the players decide. Good physical hockey. Yeah, I think Dave, you said it earlier um, before we started recording. It the CHL final in terms of a spectator um, that, that there's been yet.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolute fantastic final. Um, in my mind, the best final in the CHL um, before. In the older older version of the CHL. Um, Like I say, Joe, it was fast, it was physical. Um, The referees allowed the teams to decide. I said the first penalty was only after 28 minutes, which for a traditional European game of hockey, um, and we've all watched domestic and international, that's a long, long time. Um, I thought both goalies were outstanding. it was just a great game and great atmosphere as well. It was nice to actually have an atmosphere for a CHL game in Sweden. Uh, although I was surprised that the top tiers weren't uh, sold. Um, which oh, I thought they'd, they'd probably flog them uh, because the tickets went very quickly uh, for the final. But just a great spectacle. Um it would have been nice for Tapper to win it, just from a selfish perspective. That we probably would probably have seen the trophy during the World Champs. But uh, no, the fairy tale was completely a rogler in their first season in the CHL to not only host it, but to win it. And as they played afterwards, the winner takes it all. I mean, and they did. It was played. So it's not like me just using another reference
2: because it's a sweet season <laughs> won it.
3: I don't have anything to say to that. You were right. The player who scored both goals, though, for uh, Ruggler, he only signed back for the club on the 15th of February. This was his first CHL game for the club. And he gets both goals. He he played in the KHL, but he came back to Ruggler because obviously their season was cut after, well, during the Olympics. And the team he was playing for didn't make the playoffs. So he asked to leave and signed for Rogla. I think they'll probably say this is probably one of their best signings. It's one of their first, was it their first major trophy?
1: First major piece of silverware. And they go and win Europe-wide competition.
3: Yep. Wonderful film. I mean as much as yeah, we'd uh loved to have had or win. For two reasons. because of the name Tappera, we get to hear you say Tappera. You don't understand that. Dave loves to say Tappera and we love him to say Tappera as well. That could turn into a drinking game, but that'll be playoffs. And obviously we'd get to see it whilst we're over there. So the game itself was pretty damn decent. I think we were messaging our group chat. This is one hell of a game. Compared to what, obviously, previous CHL finals, you've had full underdust, walking over teams. You've had one team to be the dominant one. And this one you like... Okay, I'm this is very even actually. Might be two nil at the time, but it's very even. At one point, Tapper had more of the chances. Uh, so you could go either way and then obviously Rogler won. It's a fair play to him. I think didn't they mention as well that uh, their coach made history.
1: Both coach and general manager. So they're the first set to win the CHL as player and as coach and or general manager. Uh, both of them played for Lillia when they won the first one uh, against Välander, and they now won it with uh, with Ruggler as
5: head coach and general manager. Cam and Chris Abbott, just for thank you. I mean, you beat me to it there, staff. So I'll let you go. Yeah, just just as I mentioned, uh, if you're going to sign one person that's going to make a difference in this game, it would be Daniel Jarre. I mean, he has, since joining back um, to Roglet from Torpedo Uh he's played seven games in the SHL, already has 10 points, and he's, proje- he's projected uh, in the last 16 games of the season to have 23 points by that point. And for someone who's just come back at like literally at the back end of the season, that is a great projection stats to have. Uh, You're know, just a huge difference maker in that game. Uh, I believe both goals are power play goals, and it was just oh one was a power play goal I think, and uh, it was it just seemed to be right there at, at the right spot. Just got that shot off. He's got a very quick shot, uh, and his accuracy is, is incredible. Uh, looking at his uh, page and total, he's a 2012 six round. Draft pick by the Columbus Blue Jackets. And just looking at his stats in total, I mean, absolutely incredible. Um, he's also played for Malmo uh, and, of course, Lulea. Just fantastic stats to have. Uh, but two other players, which I think were were most important uh, players in this game for me, were uh, Heljanko and Refalk, the two goalies. I think they played absolutely fantastic. Um, they had uh, 25 uh and twenty nine shots faced um respectively against them. In total, even though all of them weren't on target, there were forty eight and f- 49, 48, sorry forty eight and fifty shots in total. Uh that, that's that's a lot of shots for 12, to have. W- whether it's on net or not, that's a hell of a lot of shots to uh uh to put end to end. Uh just a fantastic game uh overall uh and I'm I'm not sure what his name what his name is but um, a fantastic defensive play uh, when, it's, when a 2 on one broke um, it was a rugged defenseman literally he um, laid down the ice with his uh, stick flat on the ground and he was able to just take that pass away completely from, uh, from the back door it's a fantastic play from him you know just offensively and defensively both teams were dialed in both teams wanted it and like I've mentioned uh, I'm as Dave said as well, uh, not sure why they um, didn't sell those tickets for the top tier, but it is it is a relatively small arena. Uh, they can fit a lot of people in it, but everyone's pretty much in close together. There's n- probably any room to even breathe in that building, and the atmosphere, as we could hear on the feed, was just incredible. Great atmosphere, uh, and just massive congratulations to go Home. Uh, first year in the competition, first win, and... As before mentioned, big congratulations to uh, Cam and Chris Abbott. Fantastic job by them. Uh, and again, the Swedish ball uh, keeps on rolling. Uh, I believe that's the fifth, fourth, fifth consecutive uh, time a Swedish team has won the uh, CHL. So just shows that they really are the powerhouse. Uh, and they seem to be remaining in that spot with, of course, Scandinavian as a whole, Finland. Uh, close behind them, uh, so it'll be interesting to see uh, who takes the title next year. If it's if it's uh, Flunder regaining their title from previous years, showing that they're top dog again, or maybe we'll see uh, another Finnish team like uh, uh, Evaskala run it the first year. Uh, we'll see if a team like them can uh, can take it off the Swedes. So yeah, just massive congratulations to uh and just enjoy it, celebrate it because what achievements were
0: done. Yeah, fantastic game to watch. Uh, fairness, yeah, it would be wrong to not mention the fact that Tapara had some stellar chances, particularly in that first period. There were a few efforts on the back door that were just put wide or someone just put a kick to. So, if anything, and, and this is very much, you always say hockey's a game of mistakes, and, and in fairness, it cost them the game because... In that instance, if they buried the chances that they got, and this is nothing against Ruggler, but if they would buried the chances that they got, it would be them that we'd be talking about as the Challenge Cup. The Challenge, Jesus, where's the Challenge Cup, County Cup, whatever. Hey, there we go. As the Champions. Um, so, you know, we, it's often said that hockey's a game of mistakes. Um, sometimes it's a case of one team making a mistake to concede. In this instance, it's a case of one team making a mistake to not not put the, the puck in the back of the net when they've got that opportunity. Um
2: very, very entertaining game to watch. Um, anything else to add on that one, boys?
0: Now, nope. So, the next thing we've got caused a bit of a stir-up in the Elite League. Um, not surprise. Shock, horror. Uh, Playoff Finals weekend tickets have now gone on sale. Uh, the price when they were released was not one that went down particularly well. Um so yeah let me have a look i have it open here ticket prices have been agreed by the elite Leagues. 10 member teams as follows weekend pass valid for saturday and sunday 110 pound plus five pound arena fees that's valid for all ticket types with no concessions um £5 pound arena fee covers both the booking fee and facilities fee. If you are a Sheffield Steelers or a Cardiff Devils fan, at least, I don't know if any other teams are doing it now, you will have to pay an extra £5 pound to get your tickets as your team will be selling them directly, putting the weekend pass up to £120. Uh, I believe that's about a 30 quid inflation from the last time round for playoffs, something along those lines. Um, obviously, it's caused quite a stir, particularly in terms of not having any different Price for concessions and that side of things, but uh, huge inflation and it has not gone down well. And you can tell that with the amount of times that you, know, you have tried to tweet saying playoff finals weekend tickets still selling well, yeah, because you didn't expect them to. Um, what do we make of this one, boys?
1: I think they failed to read the room. Um, I know. I think it were is that Andy Agresto mentioned about you know you have all the everything you know the cost of living going up at an extortionate rate at the moment in time. And yeah, you could understand the price is going up a bit for obvious reasons. And I think we don't, I think we don't, I think generically the hockey collective would understand five, 10 pound at max. But for for the, the amount it's gone up is, is poor. Um, I think I I, phrase it and I I think I stand by it. Thank you for standing by the Elite League with the Elite Series and all the raffles and, and all the buying of streams and everything there. Thank you, we appreciate it. Thank you for supporting your teams during the season. Here's our thanks to you. Bang. We'll whack the prices up. Now I know that we had a discussion, Joe, about you know, if 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 the costs of the NIC are that much that they had to go up there, yeah. fine. But make it clear. I think of have every year where you can kind of go, you know, mainly just to give some clarity and clarification, this is probably the year, especially now with everything that said, all the prices are going up. And also, we hammer. It's a family sport. We hammer it left, right, centre, 24-7. I'm not saying a bad thing, but we hammer it that it's a sport to bring the family. It's a sport that the kids are safe. And we don't have a concession price for the biggest weekend. We don't have a child's ticket for the biggest weekend, so a six-year-old can pay the same as a twenty-five-year-old. Where is the logic in that?
0: Sorry, we're off the other references.
1: And you call me. Um, but you know, how 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 does it balance? It genuinely doesn't balance. And I just feel I feel that like the elite league has failed to read the room and failed you know. We're all missing. We all missed the playoff weekend. It's, the, it's one of the best weekends, if not the best weekend, of the domestic season. But how they've sold, the price, they've done the tickets. I know the Nottingham tickets. You could still get centre ice, decent seats, at five, six, seven o'clock on the day they went on sale. People queue up the night before, the night before to get tickets to make sure that they get the seats they want. None of that this year. And I just think, yeah, claw money back if if it's there, or because of the costs. I just think they've gone about buy it They're just the wrong way. I think they really have just they've just dropped the ball big time on this one.
3: Yeah, I, I'm sure as well. And like the Panthers with their season tickets, their fans get like what well, usually like first dibs, and then that's obviously not happened this year. Looking at it as the price wise before if you're before you're a fan of either Sheffield or Cardiff you're looking at what twenty nine pound the game I'm not sure about you guys, but twenty nine pounds for a third fourth playoff game Uh that, no that's a no I mean at the best of times most people are either in the pub or Just waking up from the Saturday night, or they're going for a walk round, not going to get some food as such. So you don't really get as many fans into the arena for that game. And to say, yeah, cough up twenty nine quid for that game. Nah, you're alright. Twenty nine pound for. The other two games, well, over three games. Okay. I don't see how you can charge that, but fair enough. If it's the multiple arena, point of the prices, then fair enough. Tell us. Be more vocal to, you, fact, to the people that are going to be bringing in the money. I will put it at this price because of this. They've said in the past, the playoffs is their end of season money maker for the clubs to get them over that that final stretch before they start the season. Because obviously that helps them with the the, the end of season meetings, sending getting flights home for some players as well. And then maybe other things that come into the factor of costs. Like you've mentioned, they've definitely failed to read the room. It feels like they've... In one way, it looks like... Well, as a fan, it feels like they're just going, yep, thanks for your money over the past year and a half. Thanks for putting in a couple of amounts of money during the Elite Series on buying the, a stream. Maybe that's a stream for all you t- for your team, which was, what, £99? Or the stream that it was every single game, which is over £100. Thanks for that. Thanks for buying the raffle tickets where some people probably put put in, what, when it was their team, maybe 20 25, 30 quid it's worth of raffle
2: tickets. But
3: you know what? Can we have some more money from you? It's, it doesn't sit well for most people, especially with what's going on in the world the pandemic, people losing jobs, people just getting back into a Sort of normal life now. Where they actually. They've got a job now back. And then obviously. Costs have gone up. In your day to day life. It's so it's like. Okay. Do I go. Playoffs. 115 pound. Or. Do I actually go. On holiday. I've not been able to do it now for two years. I've saved up. The money I've got, I've managed to save up. I can go on a little break to Lake District, maybe, if we've got good weather during that week. Or even a Ryanair flight to Aalborg As much as we all love to do that, considering how much that cost us, wasn't really too much. Or even, that could yeah, be uh... a... It's yeah, true. <laughs> That's the cost when you're over there. Never and it's £115. Right, well, I actually need to get some heating in my place or some electric so I can actually carry on doing my job if you're still working from home. I know you're not, Joe, it's fine. That's a minor inconvenience. Mate, I wish they'd stop paying for the heating at work. So that's, <laughs> that's a different <laughs> It's like uh oh, even more so. Food. We always said it was like, yeah, your five pound game, which is like eight pounds with the three pound transaction fee. This is now a five pound transaction fee technically.
2: You put you're gonna obviously put you
3: getting a meal on you, and you play it for the the next month on you rather than go into a playoff weekend where your team might even not be there. Personal experience.
2: Correct. Which, through the past
3: playoffs, I'm glad. Because I see what you guys have been through. Yes. Although no. I'd, I'd love to go through it, but then I'm like, at the moment, I'm fine. And then the fact that you also... They've said, yeah, £110, but then the £5 transaction fee, you could say. But also they've moved the playoffs to another week. So people have also changed their hotels. So that's another cost increase. Belfast fans, they're going to have to get flights. It's another cost. Because it's not as if they can actually... Drive, I mean, driving's probably not going to be great for some fans, especially, like, your Scottish clubs or Guildford or Cardiff, with the price of fuel at the moment. I don't even drive, and I know that. And obviously, prices of trade tickets have gone up. It's just, they just, yeah, so much cost involved. It's going to be, you're probably looking at, what, a family of four, probably close to a grand
2: for a weekend. You can go on holiday for that. You could probably go to the States and watch an NHL game for that.
5: I I totally understand. You know, over the last couple of years, the impact COVID has had uh, on the price of things and that's to be expected. Now, uh, everything increases every year. Two years, it's going to be a bit more. But I just struggle to understand the decisions on ticketing that the league have made on this on, on this event uh, for many reasons that we have already mentioned. It's not just the sporting world uh, in terms of fans that's increased in price for ticketing. It's everything else. It's uh, it's more important things like eating, like uh, getting food and drinking, like just really more important stuff. And this is where a lot of people are going to be sort of put in a position where they've got to prioritize what's important and what's not. I mean, I can't, I, I just cannot justify why a three or four year old should have to pay. Well, obviously, would not be them, parents, but pricing them at a hundred odd. Quid each same as Nadal. is just is just incredibly stupid um, like grass engine for a family of four you know if 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 you're if, if your parents and you have know, got two two kids three kids you can only imagine what the costs are going to be and that's without a hotel without uh food without uh you know orange juices and cokes during that time you know it's it all adds up with those on top. And this is not what the league have thought of. And this has been a weekend where people have gone down to enjoy themselves now, to to be able to have whatever, whatever drinks they please, to be able to have nights out, because it's about making the most of it. And it's been many times when uh, we've gone down and, and we're mingled with uh, Devils fans, Giants fans, Flyers fans, and we're all coming together. We've been, we've been out partying with uh, friends from from other uh, clubs that we've not been able to do. Uh, and Obviously, it's been two years since we've been able to do that. But again, it's looking like, uh, you know, again, that's not really possible because they've up the price that much, that anything else on top of that is just going to be end up been a ridiculous, ridiculous amount, and this is even without knowing who's going to be in that final four. Just they've not really thought this through. They've had so much time to think it through. You know how how are we, how are we going to come back and make this, which is undoubtedly the most important weekend in British hockey. How are we going to? Uh, entice these fans to come to, to, come to it and, and watch it and enjoy it and bring everyone together, the family atmosphere that they're wanting. But your five-year-old is going to cost £100 the whole weekend. I mean, it, in our case, that of course, it, that includes the third or fourth game. And for me, that's a lot of money that could be put towards orange juices or Copes that obviously for us are a bit more important than the third, fourth game because... Oh, of course, it is a game where no one really cares. Uh, they just turn up and, and, and run the clock, basically. So I can't, I can't see any justification for these prices. They've not thought it's through. They've had so much time to make this an incredible spectacle, and yet they've let everybody down. And knowing me, knowing you, just putting that other reference out, you guys, uh, I think this is the first time I've, I've actually debated whether I... Whether it's worth the money going to it because they've just increased it that much without thinking of everything else on top of that. I know we are lucky because we can stay in our own homes. We're we're just an hour away. So we are lucky in that respect. But we want to be closer to the action is. we wanna be closer to where the nightlife in Nottingham's gonna be. Where everyone's gonna be. That's where we want that's where we wanna stay. So you know, it 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 just doesn't Make any sense and not thought this through properly from, from what they could have done. And I know that us four, be, we've got hotels, but other people from Sheffield might be the case of, you know, they're lucky enough to be staying in their houses because obviously it's not far away. But not thought about how this affects Belfast fans, how it affects Cardiff fans. They've really not thought about this at all. And I mean, they've let a lot of people, a lot of fans down. In this, it could be fought through so much better. So much better could have been made of this, but in my eyes, they failed. And yet, on day one, they uh, keep bragging about, "Oh, we've sold a thousand tickets already." Normally, I'm pretty sure it's more than that. Normally, I'm more than certain it's normally out. double that. Usually, pretty much sold out. Why not? Yeah, exactly. And doesn't that say a lot? And how you've not even, probably not even got half the barn sold out that it is a massive, massive problem with these ticket hikes. It's just baffling, these decisions.
2: And I'm
0: not going to lie, you were getting some raised eyebrows there, and I think it's because you were taking a different tact on it to to how the the three of us had discussed before you came on. It, It sounded like you were saying you'd buy the tickets but stay at home to not pay the hotel prices. We've... The three of us have actually just said we'd do the opposite. We'd go and stay in Nottingham and not go to the games.
5: Oh yeah, I wasn't That's meaning like us, us three. I, I was meaning like. Oh no no, the no, no, no. From I, I Sheffield I did. Obviously, they'd be lucky, is in. Uh, they would not have to stay in a hotel. They'd, they'd be able to go back home and enjoy the comforts of home without paying that added extra at the hotels. Obviously, for us, it'd be a different case. But again, for us, we're not sure if we're going to be watching in person or just finding, just going and enjoying bunkers. We're not really sure what we're doing yet. I All
1: think right. Refs was happy to think that he's only an hour away from Nottingham. Yeah.
5: yeah. I know. I, I'm
3: I'm sure I'm more than that. <laughs> <laughs> We're a collective, so... But no, boys, it,
0: it's, it's ludicrous um, in terms of the increase. I you know, we discussed it, and I said, I understand that there's some increase. And... I, yeah, I just can't... It, it, it's short-sighted for me this is the league going, okay, we we need to make some money back, and like like you said, Dave, if they'd have turned around and said, we need to ra- raise the prices because of X, Y, and Z, I'm not short for the 30 quid, I'm not not going, or I'm not, not buying tickets, because I've not got the money for it, or whatever, and I, I understand that certain people may be in a different position, and I'm, I'm not by any means slating whatever position people are in, and whatever reason people are making decisions, but me personally, I don't sit there and go, "I'm not going to this because I can't afford it." I sit there and think, "Am I going to this because that's ridiculous?" And that's that—that's the problem. And like I say, if they'd had some justification for it, it would still put those who can't afford it out of the bracket, but it would put more people that can afford it in the bracket of thinking, "Right, okay, it's rubbish that it's gone up thirty quid," but. They've said it's the X, Y, and Z. That's understandable. We can move forward from it. There's just no explanation. There's no rhyme or reason for it. Like Andy, like you say, you see things go up year on year for inflation. It's usually a couple of quid, five or 30 pound inflation. It's insane. And I get the league need money, but the reason I say it's short-sighted is this is a cash cow for the league. This is the big event. This is the This is the moment that the league have. To make as much money as they can and right now it's it's just dreadful you know they um andy like you said they've let a lot of fans down um yeah gents i mean we discussed before the podcast andy i know i appreciate you were in the conversation but from what you've just said it sounds like you're in the same boat i mean i'm honestly contemplating just going to nottingham going to bunkers Not going to the games, watching it on whatever stream they've got on the TV. I think the owner from Bunkers must be rubbing his hands together. Because I can't imagine we're the only people contemplating that.
1: I've seen a few people on social media say exactly the same. I think a few bars may be going, right, how do we get this? We're going to have a nice bit of income.
0: And so, uh, com- coming soon, merchandise. <laughs> my fancy Zamboni Team Bunkers T-shirts available for me. <laughs> it's ah, well, it's a shame. It's a shame. And I've pondered I've this in my own head for the last couple of weeks in terms of what to do. I don't want to miss out on playoffs. It's been two years since we've done it, and, and it's the event that we all look forward to. I think we'll all say that straight away. This is the event that we want to be at. This is this is what we want. This is what we look forward to all season. Um. And it, it, it's just a shame and it, it, the other thing is it, it, it's a shame that so many people have bought tickets and again I appreciate that there'll be the people that are looking at it going I can afford it and I think actually part of the reason to object to this isn't necessarily the affordability it's the principle behind it as well is that a lot of people are being screwed here and just chumming up and going right that's fine I can afford it so I'm going to cough up the money make any point. What's to say that we don't get to this point next year and they keep the price because they sold the place out? That's the issue. That's the concern. <laughs> One year, COVID, fine. I don't. I, we don't want to set a precedent. We don't want to set a precedent and it's not going to hurt them if you're not hitting them in the wallet. Quite frankly, I don't care about concession prices or kids' prices. It's stupid. It's ludicrous. Um, and I can't see any rhyme or reason for it. And, and I'm talking solely from a from a very selfish perspective here. It makes zero difference to me whether these kids prices or concession prices. And that shows you how stupid the, the increase in prices are as well, because that doesn't affect the reason for us not thinking about going or not buying tickets. The reason for us not buying tickets is because there's a thirty pound inflation here, it's ridiculous. So raise it by a tenner, raise it by fifteen Raise it by 30 if you want to do, but give us a reason. It just falls into the league's usual category of we'll come out with some kind of statement that says absolutely nothing and people will just
1: get in line, accept it and and crack on. The key will be Saturday when Sheffield sell the tickets because however it's dressed up, it all boils down to the two big teams with fan bases. Nottingham hasn't sold well. If Sheffield have the same impact and don't sell as many, and we've all been in queues, apologies, mostly Grefford being because one bought from Sheffield for obvious reasons, we've all been in queues for periods of time to get playoff tickets. And if that doesn't happen this time round, that's a big sign to leave going. If the big two are going to sell out, you've messed up big time.
0: We fully expected, after the backlash on Twitter, we, we actually expected them to U-turn on this one, or at least we had some some hope that they would U-turn on this one. It wasn't it wasn't a completely empty thought. Um, I, I remember the message that went out between us when they confirmed that the tickets had gone on sale on Monday. That was the first message that went out from us. So no U-turn on prices, then. No. It's a shame, boys, but you know we're going to have a good weekend in Nottingham. We're going to spend a lot of money in bunkers. At um, um, end of the day, we're going to get to watch the games. The games will be on We'll Watch it on the TV in bunkers if they're showing it. If not, we get it on his phones. We bet on the third and fourth game like we usually do. It you know, doesn't have to affect the quality of the weekend. It's just a shame that the league have been so short-sighted to go, we need money. Let's screw the fans that have carried us through
2: a bad season. That's,
1: that's it for me, it is to call. And the fans were asked, help and support your teams. Help support the Elite Series. And even there's been instances where teams have gone, help other teams. You know, help Dundee in Fife and Fife and, and Glasgow, I think, when they've had raffles. Hockey fans have stood up and helped the teams. And they've helped it with the wallets.
2: So let's hit the same group again. There's only so much you can milk the cow before the, the cow starts milking.
0: Is that, is that a common phrase? Or... <laughs> Take care, you will. No, it's, uh, mate, you're absolutely bang. I'm only joking. It, 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 deflating is the word I'd use. Deflating is the word. Yeah. Because this is the point where you get to this stage, you think, right, we've put a bit more money than we usually would in. You know, we've got through a crap season, we've got through a crap couple of years with COVID, Playoffs is the thing Alright we'll end the season With a bang We'll get playoffs back For the first time In two years Let's Oh Okay No let's not
2: We'll still have fun Still
0: be a good oh, weekend no, Without a doubt Without a doubt But we'll have
2: fun at, Not at the hands Of the Elite League That's
1: a shame
5: I think it'd be a great idea just to gauge how uh, the rest of the league feel about it. Maybe if we could put a poll on the discussion group or on Twitter to see whether you, you know you, this doesn't affect you and, and you're still going, uh, or if you've got the same idea as us, maybe going to uh, to a local pub and just watching it there, or, or in case, or of course, if you decide not to go because of these changes.
1: It's a good idea. I know there's been a few people doing it, and the results have been.
0: A lot of them have been not
1: going. No, we're not, not going. going. Not going. Yeah. Or oh, going Nottingham. Not going not the hockey. So, but we have. I think that's a great idea, Andy. Um, we can get put that out on Friday. So by the time this is on, the poll probably already um, loaded. But no, good chat that.
0: Uh, right, boys. I'm gonna I'm gonna make the executive decision that we're drawing a line under this because we are nearly pushing the three hour mark. So I'm gonna really push through this now. Two things left on the agenda. Let's make our way through these very, very quickly. Um, first one, uh, Staff, it's over to you, mate. We've got
2: Stafford. That's.
0: Um, yeah.
5: You're on
3: mute, mate. You're on mute.
5: Yeah, you know, it goes this section every time, and I keep forgetting to press on mute. Anyway, uh, yeah. To the elite league table, uh, in first place, we still have Sheffield with 62 points. Uh, bearing in mind, uh, the loss of Fife was a pretty pivotal game last night. Um, as uh, that was their last game in hand, uh, we're now, there still was now, uh, level on games played with Belfast. Uh, and Belfast are in second with 60 points, just two points behind. Uh, in third, we got Cardiff with 57 points. In fourth is Nottingham with 40 points. In fifth, got Glasgow with 34 points. Uh, in sixth is Guildford, with also with 34 points. In seventh is Coventry, with 32 points. Just behind them is in eighth is Dundee, with 31 points. Uh, in ninth is Manchester, with 27 points. And 10th, uh, even though picking up a few points last night, five with 23 points. Uh, not much change in the uh, top scorers, so I'll just briefly go over those. We've got Scott Conway uh, in first, JJ Picknick in second. Third is Valorant, probably been injured for quite a while. Is uh, still in third place, and then uh, two from Cardiff. We've got Brody Reed and Trevor Cox. And the goalies on top now is Matt Caruth. Uh, after I think last week was in fourth. Then we've got two um, Belfast goalies, Jackson Whistle and Talavasquerani in second and third. Rock Stanovich has dropped to fourth after a few uh, pretty poor poor performances. Uh, I think from our our perspective, and then Talan Kozan. Again, we've had a couple of games, uh, but has still remained in fifth place in the top scorers, in top goalies. Thank
0: you very much, pal. Um, I'm not even going to ask if anybody's got anything else to add because I'm going to try and wrap this up in five minutes so we can keep to three hours. So predictions, boys. Uh, Friday the 4th of March, Belfast, Guildford in Belfast.
2: Belfast 4-1.
3: I've also gone with Belfast 4-1.
5: Belfast 3-1.
0: Belfast 4-2. Saturday the
3: 5th, Belfast, Guildford in Belfast again.
1: Guildford 3-2 in
3: overtime. I've gone Belfast 3-2 in overtime. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Belfast,
2: 4-2. Belfast, 3-1. Sheffield, Dundee, in Sheffield. Sheffield, 6-2.
3: Sheffield, 5-3. Dundee, 3-2 another time.
0: Sheffield, 5-2. Manchester, Nottingham in Manchester.
3: Nottingham
5: 4-2. Nottingham 3-2. <laughs> Nottingham
0: 5-3. Manchester 4-3 in overtime. Glasgow 5 in Glasgow. Glasgow
2: 5-2. Glasgow 4-1. Glasgow 4-3 in overtime. Glasgow 4-3 in red. Coventry-Cardiff in Coventry. Cardiff 5-2. <laughs> Cardiff 4-2. Cardiff 4-3 another time. Cardiff 4-1. Uh, Sunday the 6th, Nottingham-Manchester in Nottingham.
3: Nottingham 5-3. Nottingham 4-3 after penalty
5: shots. Ooh. Very precise. <laughs> yep. Nottingham 4-2. Nottingham
2: 4-3 in red. Cardiff, Glasgow in Cardiff.
3: Cardiff 3-1. Cardiff 5 2.
2: Cardiff 6 2. I'm agreeing with Gref. Cardiff 5 2.
0: Dundee, Sheffield in Dundee.
3: Sheffield 4 2. Dundee
2: 3
5: 2 in overtime. I'm also going Dundee 3 2 in overtime because one of them I think is going to be right if home Hummer away.
0: I'm also going Dundee 3-2 in overtime. <laughs> if this comes off, this may be the best prediction we've ever done, by the way.
2: Guilford, <laughs> in Guildford. Guildford 3-2. Regulation. Guildford 3-1. Guilford 3-2 in penalty shots. Guildford four two. Five Coventry in five. Five five two. Coventry five one.
5: Coventry three one.
0: Coventry four three and O two. Wednesday the ninth. Dundee Cardiff in Dundee.
2: Dundee,
3: 5-2. Cardiff, 4-3, no the time
5: uh,
0: Cardiff, 4-2. So, Cardiff, 4-2. Coventry, Glasgow, in Coventry.
2: Coventry,
5: 3-1. Glasgow, 4-2. Lazio five three.
0: Coventry three two in overtime.
2: Five Nottingham in five.
3: Nottingham three one. Nottingham five four in
2: regulation. Five four three in reg. 4-1. Uh. Last game of the week, so that's
0: all the predictions done. Last week, out of 12 games, Andy, you came last with six. Dave, you came second in eight because me and Gref came joint top in nine, with nine. So, um, yeah, six, eight, and nine. Um, that's it, gents. Unless anybody's got anything else to add, I really hope you don't because we've just gone over the three-hour mark.
3: Social media.
0: Social media, at MFZ Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, My Fancy Zamboni Podcast on Facebook, and My Fancy Zamboni Podcast Discussions Group on Facebook as well. Um, Feel free to get in touch with us in any of those outlets.
2: Anything else? Right, no pop stints. So, uh, Dave, thank you very much, sir.
1: Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Gref. Thank you, Andy. Thank you to all listeners. Hope you enjoyed the good length that we provided tonight. Exactly that, exactly
0: that. Greff, thank you very much, sir. We'll see you tomorrow in Sheffield.
3: That you will indeed. Can't wait. But thank you to Dave, to Joe, to Andy, and to people listening. Wherever you are, thank you. It's been a good length. I like
0: the. Thank you to Dave. Thank you to Joe. Thank you to Andy. And wherever you are, thank you.
3: <laughs> Truman Show. Covering the bases. <sighs>
0: good afternoon good evening good night the reference to the Tumor show now Andy thank you very much sir. better late than never mate um, this time we gave you a shout out that you might be on later on so it wasn't just a random appearance <laughs> halfway through but uh, no, great to have you on mate thank you very much
5: you're very welcome wrong podcast there we go uh, thank you Greg thanks Dave thanks everyone listening I hope you enjoyed the extra length that was offer tonight and uh, not that we disappoint in this area uh but thank you for listening.
0: You guys are so immature. Um,
5: <laughs> Don't
0: mind that. No, to anyone listening, thank you very much. Um, Dave Greff and Andy, thank you very much, gents. Enjoyed that very much. I did say I was going to give a shout out to a friend of mine at work. She's not a hockey fan and she's been listening to the last couple of episodes. Um, I've left the shout out right to the end of a three hour podcast, so a bit harsh. So apologies there, but Tilly. Here's your shout-out. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, you're probably going to be sat next to me at your desk right now if you're listening to this at work, so hello. Um, but, yeah, there's your shout-out. And, yeah, gents, thank you very much. Um, thank you, for everybody,
2: listening. Uh, another episode of My Fancy Zamboni. Thanks a lot.